1: And welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. And uh, yeah, here we go. Starting off with another swimming episode here. I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. And that sound effect that you heard in the voice previously was coming from none other than one. underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram.
0: What's up, everybody? And, of course, I'm lagging because uh, Farago, my soundboard program, updated, and it's definitely got some bugs in it, but
1: what's up? We're pro- And uh, surprisingly enough, folks, if you're watching this video, you can see um, we have uh, to end up this crisis uh, talk. We have one PCN underscore dirt who has decided to return with us. Uh, you can find him at uh, PCN underscore on Twitter. You can also find him on Pop Culture Network on, well, excuse me, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com. His all into umbrella sites therein, as you can see if he flashed it up. And also, uh, Bite under comic book reviews, no vowels. No vowels. Springfield,
2: Springfield, it's a hell of a town.
0: Yeah, I'm just uh, switching between <laughs> boards. There's a lag. Sorry about
1: that. It's all good. It's all good. I'm
3: telling you, you got to spend that government check on the new computer.
0: <laughs> it's not enough. It's not enough. All I get is the single-person uh, amount. So um, whatchamacallit. I mean, literally, I do have the money, but given the, um, the economic, uh, you know, uh, trepidation everyone has, I'm not, do- not going to plunk oh, it down I mean, until the end of the year like I, like I originally planned to uh, get a
1: brand-new MacBook Pro. Or you get a I, real computer I, I saw with some of money. your unopened Legends figures. I could see that. <laughs> and that voice you just heard comes from, <clears throat> oh Lord, excuse me, friend of the show, <laughs> Matt Wayne ninety-seven on Twitter, who is back with us to uh, to uh, discuss the rest of this hair thing. Um... All right. Oh, I don't know if I paid.
0: I still have. I still haven't gotten theme music for Matt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs>
1: we'll We'll work on it. We'll work on it. I have a very specific song. Oh, okay, now I know. Now I need to know what it is. It's Steven Seagal singing their
4: uh, kung fu fighting during his opening monologue of Saturday Night Live. Oh gosh!
3: Oh. <laughs> see, I was thinking something simple like everybody Wang Chung tonight or something. Like that. <laughs> see, see, I think I think that that one
4: that that one I only play when I have like someone when when I enter a room and someone has like plays it on a boombox, but this like steven seagal thing is very subtle <laughs>
1: oh,
0: all right it's up to me i'll make the call yeah we'll,
1: we'll 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 workshop that either one of those maybe we can blend the two. who knows we'll see what happens <laughs> nevertheless folks uh not with us here tonight is one tim dogg98 on twitter you can also find him at cb Cron on twitter which is the combo chronicles uh twitter account you can also find him at uh D-Click Nation, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N on Twitter. Also, d And also, uh, Combo Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. And you can find this here po- podcast um, on the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this at your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. All right, folks, we are going to dig you straight on into the main topic. We're not going to do news until later on. Um, So we're going to pretty much continue where we left off with Uh, Talking about DC Comics' Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it is on, not of, like I almost messed up and uh, did last week. Um, We're doing issues 7 through 12. And we got two heavy hitters here to uh, do the heavy lifting on on the the talk. So, let us get on with the summary as we tend to do. As I pull it up. uh, We start with issue number 7, which is called Beyond the Silent Night. Um, and by the way, but just 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 think about this for later. We are doing clicks of the weeks, just so maybe want to think about the one you know through for this event. I know,
0: right, right. Yes. Your choices are uh, issues seven through twelve. So, yes. um, so yeah, so this is uh, uh, the issue is entitled Beyond Silent Night. Uh the cover of this uh comic book is uh you know one of the classic covers that emanated from this series it is done as ever by George Perez and it uh is a big spoiler as to what actually happens within this issue so I'm just going to ring the spoiler bell because there are still people like myself who have not yet read this or just now reading this uh in conjunction with this I podcast know, so But yeah, all you have to do is look at the cover and you know what happens in this issue. It is the cover of Superman holding headbanded Supergirl. And if you're not familiar with Supergirl with the headband, you know, there's a reason why it was because
1: of this crisis. What I was unfamiliar of was her um was her pseudonym uh yes. th- that we find out in the Yeah, I'm like wait, wait, she wait, was she adopted by Chinese folks? Have you not seen
4: the movie? Her name was Linda Cinderella? Lee? I did not see the movie. I have seen it, but I don't remember that. Lee, 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 Lee is not necessarily an Asian last name. Well,
0: I mean, hello, uh, Stanley Lieber, but still. Uh, uh,
1: General Robert Lee?
0: I know. Straight person.
1: <laughs> no, keep it, just keep this going. Just, give it just, uh, just put some more names out there. Let's see yeah, how far we can get. <laughs> but yeah for to summary fake sake here uh so we've but bit bit so we yeah time- she she was Linda Lee in the movie, yeah, oh, no kidding, okay Weird. yeah, um, so all I'm going to say is no one expects the cosmic exposition because we get a lot of that in this issue. We start off with a who's who reference, uh pariah is doing this thing we'll, we'll, we find out that all of this is in some part. Uh, Oa's fault because usually at some point it always is. So the, we find out that um, back in the day on Oa before the guardians of the uh, before the guardians, uh, became the guardians of the Green Lanterns, whatever. That's going to be confusing if I say Guardians of the Galaxy. But um, there's this one person, Owen, named Krona, which weirdly named for this day and time. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, the, the wanted to basically, see, you know. Uh, he basically caused the, the the birth of the multiverse to, to, with no short order because he was you know trying to fly into to, to close to the sun. Um, the multiverse came about. Owa ended up being one with no doppelganger. So, uh, but there was also Quard who we uh, see show up here. Um, Krona got banished for his actions and apparently got seated over the whole uh, multiverse or universe rather. Then the Guardians came up and said, hey, we need to uh, make sure everything's straight. So they made the Manhunters first, which not to be confused with Martian Manhunter. Then they created the Green Lantern Corps, as we come to find out here. And, of course, the Civil War within uh, themselves, because they can't uh, seem to come up straight about how evil should be taken care of. Um... The uh, the controllers came. The anti was born, and so was the monitor at the same time. The anti was in the Animatter universe, and uh, he made his army and started taking over things. The monitor was on the other side, trying uh, was doing, trying to, you know, find out the m- life meaning of life, liberty, and the, the pursuit of happiness, and 42, and all that kind of get mess. But he also knew what the anti-monitor was doing. Uh, then them two went to war, and they knocked each other out. Stop me if I'm getting into things and this is wrong. Um, Pariah is basically comes in and says, okay, well, here's what I come in on this, which he also, in uh, related to Krona, was a scientific big head and was like, well, I need to know what what I need to know. But in doing so, he makes this uh, animator cosmic cube and then steps inside of it and ends up Basically freeing the monitor and the anti-monitor who had knocked themselves out and put themselves in stasis during their war, um, he freed them both. Also, he thought, but we will get to that later. Um, flips back around to the monitor who um, to where Harbinger, I believe, Lila says that. Well, this is what the monitor had in store for Pariah, basically using him as he said, uh, as we said last week, as the Super Surfer. To you know to to impending danger, so he the one flips around and starts his crying mon- montage. Um let's see. Then we flip to Layla's Harbinger's or um origin story and then Lady Quark's like, I'ma kill Pariah because he killed my universe, but that's not end up being true. Uncle Sam, who of the Freedom Fighters ends up stopping it. Um and then everybody starts talking to themselves in the different universes uh earth 3 luthor makes a portal and power uh, pariah leads the team that they put together uh who you know everybody who was being told uh what was going on put all the team together send them through this rift they go to anamander's base psychopirate tries can't get it up Uh, because...
0: Second beta buck down! right, Uh, hold that thought, Roddy. I just wanted to enter a couple of quick notes on this. So, the the home base uh, of the Anti-Monitor and we all know that uh, at least the first several issues of Infinity Gauntlet and Crisis on Infinite Earths shared an artist, that is George Perez. So, when you look at uh, that stone uh, kind of floating island base uh, that... um, that uh the anti monitor has it is very reminiscent of the backgrounds in Infinity Gauntlet that uh, Thanos is occupying with Mephisto it's so very similar it's very reminiscent so as someone who had never read this up until this point literally up until today and uh sees this for the first time it's very it's it's not shocking it's you know it's just you know it's just kind of like a nice homage you can see the artist homaging
1: himself right it's hard to copy, you know, it's it's not copying if it's your own work, you right. know? So, funny you should mention that, because I did have that in my notes, but I skipped that part, because I basically said they they reached Thanos' lair. Oh, um, yes. So, because I also noticed that. So, we keep going. The group uh, that is there talk about the impending battle, of course, as they tend to do, but then the Animonitor, my Animonitor has his base attack, and a bunch of stone creatures attacks them. They have trouble getting through, but they finally do. Um... Lady Quark keeps calling her her, her, her her dead husband for some reason, because that's kind of how they wrote women at the time, weirdly enough. Uh, Supergirl comes up with a great idea, which starts that whole ball rolling. Dark Delight starts to question her involvement in everything, because she was talking to Pariah about, well, you we all know what you know your involvement in other things is, and Lila and Harpages and everybody else's, and, and Earth-3 Luthor, but what is mine? But she got stopped short. Um, she and Superman... Earth uh, Earth One Superman. I'm just going to start just calling him Soup's One because he's from Earth One. Um, finds Antimonitor's vibrating machine. Superman gets attacked, and Supergirl comes in, running, uh, comes flying in to save the day. She basically takes down uh, Antimonitor to a, to a point, breaks his armor up, but then as um, as uh, things start to do, they go another way because, uh, well. Supergirl dies in the midst of um, fighting Anna Minot- Minotaur but she ends up breaking the machine at the same time because she lost focus and looked back at Doctor Light trying to trying to save Superman for some strange reason, and she got hit and died. Superman goes uh, starts yelling. Uh, let's see what happens. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, Prime Earth uh, Supes one gets mad. Earths two Superman. I'm gonna start calling him Soup's two. Soup's two calms them down, and then the earth starts merging, and then they go into uh, eulogizing Supergirl. And this when we find out her name is was Linda Lee, or at least her pseudonym was Linda Lee. Anything? They're missing All right,
0: that? so, so that's yeah, so that's that's basically uh, issue number seven. Thoughts, gentlemen.
3: Star Trek two. Yep. Yes. I mean she just goes in and all the radiation and the anti universe rays and whatever and she's just pounding and pounding and pounding and she's ripping the machine apart and just you know you can see that she's just getting bathed in the radiation and she's just like keeps punching and punching and punching and punching like she is so hardcore in this I love this issue even though it killed her and it sucked and and I really like the character uh this is one of those stories where it's just like yeah it's like look at her go she's just like going and you know just she doesn't care anymore she's going to die but she's going to be the hero and she's just going all out and I
1: loved how the character was in this book. I agree with that the funny part about it is this is not the yes folks if you listened last week uh, this is the second Star Trek wef- reference Star Trek 2 specifically reference of this here conversation which actually and I said at the time DC owned the license to had the license to Star Trek but it was a um, coincidence I think not <laughs> this, this, this is how superhero what a superhero death
4: issue should be yeah. i i think that so, i i i i mean even though i i don't you know when i first read this issue i no ties to the character i mean i i felt the emotional re- uh, resonance in the battle so i mean i wish the cover didn't spoil what happened even though it's iconic iconic cover um I, you could even if you weren't a fan of supergirl i mean you you felt the loss at the end And I I think that's a testament to, you know, the the Wolf of the Porez team.
3: Well, also, though, at the time, you didn't have spoilers. You know, you didn't have everybody leaking information on the Internet and stuff like that. So, I mean, you would see it on the cover. You knew it was going to happen. But that was also one of those ways to, like, attract people to pick it up from the newsstand because they're going to walk by. Maybe you haven't read a comic in – you know, 20 years since you were a kid, but you walk by and you see Superman weeping, holding Supergirl, and you're like, ah, maybe I'm going to pick that up. Yep. So, you yeah. Know. No, that's
4: important. That's a really important point. It, it was on the newsstand, right? Literally.
1: Cool. Agreed. Yeah. Like, I dare say, potential click of the week, if, if, if there <laughs> was one. <laughs> right, right, right. So we move on to issue eight, which is called.
0: A flash of the lightning. So, kind of piggybacking on what uh, at Matt Wang ninety seven mentioned earlier, there is uh, you know something that happens in this issue that's not necessarily spoiled by the cover. Uh, the cover does have the Flash and Psycho Disco Alpha Beta Pirate um, uh, on the cover. So, we come to issue eight with. Uh, the Flash uh, being uh, held captive in like uh, uh, a gelatin that keeps him uh, immobile uh, for now with uh, Psychopirate Pirate uh, basically ruminating about how this could all go very bad um, because they thought they saw the Anti-Monitor get killed. But, uh, spoiler alert, Anti-Monitor emerges in uh, reformed armor after his battle with Supergirl. Um, we have a little bit of an interlude with uh, uh, Apocalypse and Darkseid and Desaad basically saying why they're not really involved in this at all. Uh, basically, they're all in hiding because uh, they're not go- looking to take on the forces of uh, either the Anti-Monitor or the Monitor. They're just trying to stay out of sight so that uh, you know they'll be able to pick up the pieces in the, in the future. Uh, we find out that the guardians who had been the guardians of OA had been uh, left in stasis or had been captured and left in stasis have been freed and now the green lanterns have access to the power uh, within the main power battery of OA and now they're back in the fight um, you know the five Earths are basically still um, in this kind of weird uh, holding pattern they are murdered they are uh, merged at what are called warp points, I believe it is, but uh, they are not completely merged together so that they are basically interfacing with each other at certain points on their surfaces. So um, the 30th, you know, we're in the 30th century in one uh, interlude with the Legion of Superheroes monitoring the partially merged uh, five Earths. Um, in the 20th century, uh, Firestorm and Vixen and firehawk are together they're trying to do something about red tornado and they try to uh uh get uh professor t o morrow to help but that doesn't exactly work why because we find out that the villains are looking to um do their own uh kind of villain assemble thing but that's a a little further down the line um now that the initial crisis is over, this, this is sort of a, a break in the action. Uh, the worlds are basically briefed on what is actually happening uh, through government. Uh, heaven forbid that government actually tries to work and tells everyone what the hell is going on. Um, we have uh, you know, the, the heroes trying to coordinate their efforts. Uh, meanwhile, ov- back on Quard, uh, the Anti-Monitor is building an anti-matter ray gun, a giant anti-matter gun. Um, the Flash escapes from his gelatin prison and uses the Psychopirates' influence, the weaponeers of Quad, uh, to attack the Anti-Monitor, uh, basically... Um, uh, Brainwashing them into uh, chanting death to the uh, death to the monitor, actually not to the anti-monitor, and uh, to unleash their their lightning bolts on uh, the anti-monitor. This is um, the part of Crisis that I just never really understood, um, because it's one thing to have the big bad going uh, face no one on one against. A Supergirl and having something bad you know the the tragic demise of Supergirl happen. but in this case we have the flash taking down this antimatter gun by running really fast in a circle and which we understand the 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 pseudoscience behind it and why it's uh, affecting the flash because it's you know essentially an antimatter uh Blob or an antimatter engine, and it's drawing energy from him as he's trying to like refocus the energy and and destroy the the cannon itself. But I never really understood what he was trying to accomplish by running around fast in
1: a circle. It's Superman the no. movie.
0: I know, but that was about coming <laughs> back time. You know, he was Cher before share sang that song. I mean, kind of same difference, but
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay. So from. A couple things. When when the the earths are coming together, those warp points, um, they're not only where the universes are fusing together, but it's also um, causing time to fuse together. Right. So past, present, and future are all merging at those points as well. So you have the different universes coming together, uh, you know, physically, but then also time itself is collapsing in those points um, where flash is at where the gun is, it's collecting that antimatter okay, so basically <laughs> here, well I have to I have to back up a little bit because Where's your chart? The, the way it worked <laughs> is that you had multiple positive matter universes, right? You had the, the, the infinite multiverse. But you only had one antimatter universe. And so, what the Anti Monitor is doing is he's destroying the positive matter universes in order to convert that energy to antimatter and expand the antimatter universe. And he can gain power there, uh, thereby right. power for himself. So, he's absorbing the, that antimatter energy that's building up from all of these other universes in order to create this death ray that's going to punch through into the positive universe and push antimatter energy everywhere and collapse all those universes kill everybody and then it's just antimatter universe there's no more positive matter universe but the energy that's that's converting is unstable so it's becoming antimatter energy uh, but it's not it 's like in flux like it's it 's not perfect yet, and part of that is because of the way the universes are in like this stasis where they they haven 't quite collapsed but they 're kind of there so it 's like he 's kind of pulling this energy there, but it 's not really the antimatter yet because it hasn 't quite collapsed, and so this machine is is converting it, refining it, as well as bringing it to a focus so that he can blast it through so what flash is doing is basically destabilizing the whole thing so the science of it is as it's being like refined and cleaned and turned into pure antimatter energy he's basically running the machine the opposite direction he's trying to get the momentum going the other way so suddenly you have all this positive matter in the antimatter universe, which then causes it to fold upon itself and explode and whatever. But because flash goes so fast, he's fighting against it, he's fighting against it, and goes so fast, then he starts to go backwards in time. The problem is that as he's like pulled through the time stream, he's in the antimatter universe. So there's really nowhere for him to go because he's he doesn't belong in that universe, he doesn't exist, and so the energy just kind of depletes out of him because there's no spot for it to go so that's basically the the pseudoscience behind that whole thing and right. I don't know that right. because um, there was some other company that did a, a Crisis on Infinite Earths companion that was like two issues uh, that went through and broke down all the different universes, broke down the different characters, broke down what publishing companies they came from and explained a bunch of this stuff and I want to say it was like Blackstone Publishing or, or some, it was like Sal, Sal, Sal Brodsky, a uh, company, one of his companies, I think it was. Um, and they did a two issue companion thing and they did, you know, a bunch of interviews with people and whatever, and they broke it down. And so that's, that's where that comes from. All right. Well, Comics. well can I ask you guys one, one question? Uh,
4: so I, I think the other thing to think about the agents that you brought up is, you know, um, Basically, why did Barry Allen go out like that, right? Like, uh, um, and you know, I'm just trying to remember my history, but if I remember correctly, like this was around the trial of the Flash, right? Like he After. had killed, mm-hmm. he um, he, he killed, um, Reverse Flash, right? And in some ways, I, I felt like DC editorial didn't know what to do with him anymore, right? So this was kind of him going out in a blaze of glory, right? Leaving the way for, you know, spoiler alert, Wally West to take over sorry it's a 20 year spoiler alert if you didn't know wally west was the flash for then i don't know why you're listening to the show but um so it it felt like this was a way to to send off barry
1: allen in in a in a very uh heroic way
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah because in fact they have they referenced a couple different times and 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 i think once again coming up about the trial of the flash so and even barry in this issue says when he was um threatening psycho psycho um Psychopirate about that. He was like, "Look, I'm, I've been accused of murder first. I mean, already, but I'll do you know, No reason, why I couldn't do it again, or do it now. Um, but something else I was going to actually bring up. But
0: um, yeah, I was about to say, just let me wrap with the
1: final yeah. splash
0: page of the issue, which is of the Spectre. You know, like the, the the DC, the literal hand of God in the DC universe. The Spectre now is." Um, Uh, About to, uh, you know, literally raise hell because he senses the disruption finally and he's about to step forward. So
1: that's what it was. So, when during the process of Barry going backwards, we see flashes of glimpses of him. Uh, that we've seen in previous issues, in the first couple of issues of the of the series, because you because you see uh, him showing up before Batman and the Joker, and a couple of other times that he's shown up since then. So that's pretty much sets up where that's where that came from. Sure. Um, so now we can. If there's nothing else, I was about else, to
0: say a shout out to Share. Yeah,
1: oh no! Don't don't do it see
0: you know we had to because you know she was prescient you know this actually you uh, know this story was prescient they they predicted the song but anyway
1: uh issue number nine war zone <laughs> <laughs> so we start back on oa um and the guardians already messing up because a group of guardians gave guy gartner a ring um, the second time the second time exactly so and there was like look we need evil to be stamped out so you're the guy for this and then they get attacked by the wave that uh that is going to be um sweeping through from um whatever explosion it was or, or whatever happened last issue um uh, now that i think about it well the yeah was from the, it was from the, from the explosion of the uh the machine yeah the
0: anti-matter cannon
1: yeah so that wave is going on and that's going to be a thing oh it gets attacked first um, the one guardians that's left is like Avengers and, Guard- and they send sends Guy Gardner on his way. Um, excuse me. And then that goes off into Green Lantern. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that's uh, going off into other series. This is like, hey, you know, that's from here on in. Meanwhile, briniak finishes his villain Pokemon collection with Tio Morrow. Uh huh. Earth 2, Luke- Luthor gets sent packing, challenging Earth 1, Luthor's uh, field lead. Uh, you see Starfire, Nightwing, and Jericho heading to Tamar- uh, Tamaran for some reason that you find out a New Teen Titans. Uh, but they don't know why. And we don't either. Because it has nothing to do with what's going on here right now. Uh, you start to get news reports from these warp zones um, that we are just talking about. And then you see other members of the Teen Titans and Titans talking to each other. Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl is looking for her husband. Firehawk goes with her. Uh, the others stay around to kind of t- t- to police the area basically we see he's cut to Sergeant Rock and um you know, back in 1944-42 who ends up seeing the wave and if you're watching the video you can see the the, um, the cover so then from here on we see a villainous takeover of the all three earths thanks to Brainiac and Luthor um meanwhile Lila Harbinger Pariah um uh, are still addressing the UN for this but oh but, but then Perez Parais- say I lost sound. Yeah. Wait, what happened? Roddy.
0: Roddy. Yes. Roddy we are, uh, your sound dropped out. So, um I, I I hear Roddy now here and there. But I just wanted to note while Roddy's recovering his sound um that uh, the cover for issue number 9 is one of those great George Perez uh uh you know group shots uh, in this case it's a group of uh the villains that have been gathered uh by brainiac and lex luthor and it's one of those shots where you can where you would need like a, a guide to who's in there if you're not familiar with uh, the dc universe at this time um you know obviously the the really recognizable ones are up front but i'd uh i'm like wait a second who is that uh snake person on the bottom is that copperhead i'm not sure who that is under sinestro
1: can you hear me now
0: yes okay yeah I'm i was sure. just talking about the cover to issue number nine right. i i put the question to the uh the panel who is that character the snake looking character that is that's that's cobra oh cobra okay thank you it's uh cobra with a k uh-huh. yeah. i see I see. Well, th- what I was going to add, the, the, my main comment to this, other than the fact that it's a great uh, George Perez group shot, uh, you know, obviously one of his fortes as an artist is that for someone like me who has uh, uh, a less than strong uh, sense of recognition for these characters, I would need a guide to uh, to help me figure out who's on this cover. There's so many characters that i don't
4: recognize oh you can name most of these
0: i can name a lot but not i I would say more i would say the majority but not a plurality i could not name all of them you know there's definitely a few here that are in uh definite blind spots
3: of my uh my knowledge okay so so here uh i found the book i was talking about a minute ago uh it's right here the official crisis on infinite earth's index okay and it's from the independent comics group and so this was uh, another company that I don't know how they got the rights or whatever, but they were able to publish, uh, I believe it was two issues, one and two, um, that they broke down all the character appearances. So they actually have a section where you can go and like pull up the cover and it'll have the outlines of everybody with like a little number. Yeah. So you can look through it and be like, oh, number 43, who's number 43? And then go through the list and figure out who number 43 was. Um, and then they talked about all the different Earths and where the different characters came from. So I was like, Charlton Comics? What the heck is a Charlton comic? I've never heard of that before, you know, and I could go look up that stuff. So,
2: sure. uh,
3: yeah, I, and trust me, like, when I worked in a comic shop in the mid-90s, like, I bought every Crisis crossover and tie-in, and, like, that was uh, that was my, my passion there for a while, was going to cons and buying every single tie-in and every single... Um, you know, crossover for this series. So, yeah. And I would pour over these things and figure out who every single, and you know, it's weird because Perez, as much as he likes to draw characters, he would also do like group shots where he would do silhouettes in the background and not really put in a lot of detail on some of the characters. He might just put like a domino eye mask or a turban on somebody's head or something And then the colorist would go in and just be like, well, I don't know who that is. So the colorist would just kind of randomly, you know, throw some colors on there. And then it's like, well, who is that guy? Well, that guy is really nobody who ever really ever existed, but we'll make somebody up. So now they're going to go like, that's Robin from Earth-19, you know, just like it. it, We don't know, but we'll we'll make something up here. So it works. And so there was a lot of that stuff going on, too.
1: Gotcha. I was about to say something about the cover that uh, I think Penguin is on the cover, but I don't think he ever actually does anything or shows up from whatever from what I remember seeing. But regardless, I, I like
4: I, I like how that's the guy you you're drawn to. I in mean, the back. hey,
1: you know, <laughs> he's like right there up top. Oh, and also yeah. this cover is kind of uh, I guess uh, I guess kind of um, you know. Influences uh, a cover. You can almost say it influences a cover from Secret Wars. Um, in fact, other no, way the,
0: around? Huh? <laughs> it's the other way around. Remember, Secret Wars predates this.
1: Oh fuck, that is right. <laughs> You're right.
0: Yeah, um, that Zek cover. I think that uh, that that Roddy may be thinking of that Zek cover. That that the timeless cover to number one uh, predates this by at least a year
1: or two. Well, I was also thinking about that cover that wasn't used that we that we talked about last week. Oh, right. Oh, with all the villains. Right. Yeah. But that's the one I was actually talking about. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, um, to round this issue out, like I said, the villains start taking over Earth, the over three Earths. Um, we, we already talked about the what they're doing at the UN. We see some cuts to some other people like the Creeper and Steve Savage, whoever the heck that is. I think that's who it was. Uh, we see the heroes try to break through barriers to earth two and four, uh, Layla and Jay Garrick goes to get Wally West, who apparently was in retirement and they break out the cosmic treadmill. Um, and Jay and Wally revs it up and all of the heroes, um, prepare to go off on a merry journey. Then we get Brainiac and Luthor's war report, which ends in Simon attacking and destroying or seemingly destroying Brainiac and attacking Luthor. And that's end of that issue.
0: Right. So uh any more thoughts on this issue, gentlemen, before we move on.
3: I'm trying to remember I'm like I'm trying to separate, you know, like what happened to which issue in my head. Is this the issue um, is this the issue where Aqua Girl dies?
1: I believe that is next issue.
0: uh yeah next issue next issue all i was right. just about to talk, right. talk about it yeah
4: sorry spoiler
0: Sorry. No, it's, <laughs> all, it's okay that's it's that's okay. what uh, we, we are working off of uh notes and summaries uh ladies and gentlemen so uh you know
1: we, we do have reference uh handy and speaking of reference let's go to issue number 10 which is called death at the dawn of time so
0: uh we pick up right where we left off uh, in uh, issue number nine which is that Brainiac is destroyed, or is he by Simon, and uh, we get um, a, a parallel sto- uh, uh, retrospective being told on the bottom of every page uh, entitled The Monitor Tapes, so um, as we have the uh, main crisis on Infinite Earth story being told like on the upper, let's say like eight tenths of the page, the bottom two tenths are some panels that are being told from the point of view of Layla, who is recounting what uh, what's in the monitor's uh, review of the DC history up until that point. So we find that um, m- uh, minor spoiler alert that uh, Brainiac is not dead because his ship was still alive. So he was in his ship biding his time, actually observing Simon um, uh, 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 trying to be treacherous and basically takes out Simon by blowing his freaking brains out, literally. Um, You know, we uh, we get some of the after effects of the villain battles on the Earths that have been overtaken so far. Uh, the remaining, the, the three out of the, the the five remaining Earths that are that have been successfully overrun by the villains. Uh, what happened? What uh, uh, Matt Wang ninety seven was just referring to. Um, what happened to Tula? Um, actually, happened did happen in the last issue, but she survives into this issue, but does in fact bite the big one. So um, we get uh, some heroes making headway against the, uh, the, the, villains that had taken over those three worlds. Um, some of the, 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 the hero forces had been taken captive, but then reinforcements arrived to break them free. Uh, we get to a point where the specter appears and yells, stop and pushes and, and tries to put a hold on everything that's happening. Um, the heroes and the villains realize that they're going to have to work together uh, to uh, put a stop to what's happening. Um, I think it's the last issue that I that we first see Superboy from Earth Prime make his awful appearance. Is it the last <laughs> um, issue? I issue? I think no, that's
1: issue eleven. No, we see him
0: in this issue. He's in this issue. I'm looking at it right now. Hmm. Um. And we all know from, um, was it Final Crisis, where he rears his head again in the recent past? Um, we get Earth. Infinite Super- Crisis. Infinite. Oh, Infinite Crisis, sorry.
4: Superboy Earth Prime. And, and he shows up, he actually shows up in a very recent DC book.
3: Right. So. Right, but he shows up in the Anti Monitor's armor in Infinite Crisis. That's it. That's it. I couldn't remember,
0: you know, when I read Infinite Crisis, uh, as, as always, um we have to keep in mind that this is my first time going through crisis so uh when everyone had all this vitriol about uh uh Earth Prime Superboy in those comics I was like who is this guy so I'm starting to uh get more background on uh the character and just see how he relates to the very first crisis story and see how that relates going forward
3: Yeah okay so here's the problem uh <laughs> with uh Earth Prime, Superboy. Um, Earth Prime is supposed to be our Earth. So there had been stories in the past where the Justice League um, broke down the barrier. Uh, you know, they, I mean, several times they jumped all, all over uh, in these Crisis stories in the Justice League comics. But um, they did one where they they accidentally brought over. I think it was Elliot S. Magan. Um, who was a writer, longtime writer for DC, and he was brought from Earth Prime into the DC universe. And when he appeared in the DC universe, he suddenly realized that he had his writer powers. And so he had the ability to re warp reality because he was the writer. Um, and it was the first time, you know, I, you know, later on, they did a whole thing with Animal Man and did all that stuff and whatever. But he was like the the big villain. He lost uh, who he was and whatever, and he was overcome with the power, and he eventually got uh, sent back. And they did panels of Julius Schwartz and Megan and somebody else, I forget who else, like sitting in the offices at DC Comics talking about the crazy comic story, whatever. And, uh, you know, it was like this weird meta thing where uh, uh, you, you were seeing the, the, the actual people who work on the comics in Earth Prime, Talking about the comics of the DC universe. And so, Prime is our universe. So, they did this crisis crossover in DC Comics Presents where you have a regular, you have Earth Prime, regular, normal Earth. And uh, they're talking about this kid. Oh, there's this kid named Clark Kent. And they're like, well, that's weird. That's funny. Ha ha ha. There's a kid named Clark Kent. And then suddenly, he gets Superboy powers. And then, Earth Prime is destroyed. And he flies off into the whatever, and then he appears in this book and it's like, well, wait a minute I'm on Earth Prime we're still here like, this is, like, what? and so that was the one point in the story that a lot of people, like, really hated because it's like, that's, no like, right. Earth Prime is supposed to be, that's why it's Prime, it's it's the untouchable our universe, you can't do that, and so um th- you know, a lot of people were just like, Uh I don't like this character and then they they shunted him off, but then later on they brought him back, and it's just like ah,
1: you know, not this guy, right? Right. So, so they, yeah, they did yeah, mention that in the story well, about that. Sorry, they they mentioned that in the story about that that story that you were just talking about from DC Comics presents, um, and because they footnote when Superboy Prime comes in, and I think they've been designating quote unquote Earth Prime as Earth One. I guess I'm not sure. Is it was this no, whole thing was kind of no, weird. It's different. Was no, it?
3: Earth Earth Prime is our Earth. Earth One is the DC Comics of the um,
1: Silver Age. Uh-huh. And then Earth Two was DC Comics of the Golden Age. Because that was the whole thing that was kind of confusing for me, who's never read this before and not knowing that much about, you know, I know DC's history is kind of bonkers, but it was like, well, wait a minute. Earth Prime is destroyed because Super War comes in here. And I kind of thought that way was what you were saying. But I was like, well, wait, but these heroes that we supposedly know from the DC Universe... You know, here was from supposedly from this one Earth. And I'm like, well, wait, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. You know. So
3: this is the one part of the story I'm not super happy with.
1: Mm.
4: <laughs> by, by the way, John Ostrander killed off the writer Suicide Squad. Random note. Mm.
0: OK, OK, cool, cool. All right. So, you know, it's it's, um, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, you see the character pop up. Like I said, from my perspective, I'm like, oh, so this is, you know, this is his relation to the whole crisis chain of stories. Uh, just getting back to the events of this issue. So the, the, the heroes and the villains figure out they have to team up and they get together to travel back into time again. Uh, I'm not going to pull up share. But we all know what they're trying to do they're traveling to two specific points in time to try to um, stop what's happening. Uh, one is the dawn of time and one is the um the creation of uh the break between the uh the antimatter and the matter uh, the positive matter universe um, on OA and they get all of the uh the the electrical and the magnetic um, heroes and villains to uh uh, put their powers together and power their uh, their time machines, their transport machines, and, um, you know, in the interim, as I mentioned earlier, we find out that Tula is now dead, um, and when they reach uh, the respective points in time, they find that, or at least they find at the dawn of time, that the anti-monitor is there waiting for them with Pariah, and Pariah, as we all know, is crying. So... <laughs> For those of you who were with us last week, I don't know if PCN and underscore dirt listen to last week's show, but this is something that Roddy Cat brought up. I know Matt Wang, ninety seven was there, was you know was here with us. Um, Pariah is again crying as he is wont to do, um, and he's there with uh, with uh, the anti monitor at the building at the beginning of time. Meanwhile, on Quard. Um, some uh some some villain groups are trying to get to krona uh, he of the uh the antagonist of jla avengers uh again as i mentioned last week um it's it's interesting for me to see why krona is so important to the dc universe continuity and the history uh because i you know i read i definitely read jla avengers not knowing who he was i had to google who the character was so i see now why the character play, uh, played such a role? Um, it was played such a major role in DC history. So we get um, the two forces trying to take out, uh, trying to take out uh, the villains at these, or try to prevent the events f- um, from from from, uh, from changing history at these two points in history. So the villains are at Court, the heroes are at the beginning of time, and. Uh, We get the Spectre basically literally saying, I'm going to send you back to hell. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, You know, some pretty dramatic looking artwork from Perez, um, you know, basically putting uh, the anti-monitor in his place. And we get to the end of this issue, which is – which kind of leaves everyone – on a real cliffhanger. We don't know what the results of these battles have been, and we will find out in
3: the next issue. Thoughts, folks? Here's the um, the the issue. It's actually Carrie Bates was the writer who becomes the villain, and Elliot S. Magan goes to uh, try to stop him. Um, so he's the other writer that goes in to try to rescue him. But this is 1975, um, and slash had already made an appearance on Earth Prime at this point, so the idea of Earth Prime being normal Earth is something that's you know was around for uh, at least a decade or so at this point. It's definitely as old as myself and at Matt Wang ninety seven. But as far as the story goes on this one, it uh, I, I don't know. I kind of struggle with the like, hey, bad guys we all have to work together and they all go, yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, it, it was just like, I remember reading through it and just being like, well, did I, like, is there a crossover here? Did I miss something? Like, was there some some other point where they explained this? And nope, it was just pretty much just like, yeah, Hey everybody, we got to work together uh, or else the world's doomed. And they're like, yeah, all right, cool. And so then they all started working together and it was just, I don't know, seemed a little out of place to me there.
1: Hmm. I think the funny part for this for this issue for me was Uncle Sam the, from Freedom Fighters was like, "Hey, wait a minute! Before we do all this thing," he gives his best <laughs> Captain America speech, and, yeah, and then and then uh, Luthor or somebody said was like, "Yeah, he's a, he's a cornball, or whatever." <laughs> and Luthor was like, um, "Yeah, he's a cornball, but he's right," and I'm like, "Okay."
3: Well, but that's that's part of his power.
1: Right. I mean, that's part of Uncle Sam's power is that he,
3: he has the ability to when he speaks, he builds up everyone else in the group. It's kind of like a D and D power. There's characters who are like that, Wait, right, like a bar. Yeah. Right. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. Oh god! Wow. Oh my gosh! That's so funny. I go, can't folks? remember the uh, we we'll call. I can't remember the uh, the ability. I'm trying to remember the ability. As soon as uh, PCN underscore net and uh, Matt Wang ninety seven started talking about yeah, it, it I started to get myself. like visual flashbacks to character sheets.
3: Yeah, I know. That's why I said D and D because I couldn't remember the name of it myself. So it's fascinating,
4: right? Charm person, Fascinate. It's the art ability. Second edition, probably not first. Maybe third and third edition too. I'm
1: sure D&D. there is some D and D inclined person out there who will give us the answer to that question at some point later in the in, in in time. If they're not if not in the chat, which I don't see anybody right now. So I mean anything right now, because somebody would have been screaming that. Um, so therefore we will move on if there is anything else to issue number 11 uh, called Aftershock and I will just go ahead and briefly say <laughs> that um, Superman Soups 2 wakes up on on Earth 1 as we tend to find it out and he goes to work uh, at the Planet like he tends to do but he thinks he's uh, but he goes into his office which uh, is not his office is actually Perry Wright's office who actually comes in and be like what the hell are you doing here Kent And then he comes, and then uh, the Earth-2 super, uh, and he's also like, well, wait, I don't know what's going on, whatever. Then then he finds out, figures out that, okay, I must be on Earth-2. And then uh, the Clark Kent of Earth-2 comes in and is like, oh, no, this is my uncle. Uh, You know, he thought he was, you know, I told him I was an editor or whatever the case may be, and they just kind of.
3: Swap that, though. Swap that, though.
1: they're on. He thinks
3: he's, he's the Earth-2 Superman, thinks he's on Earth-1.
1: Okay. Oh, dang it. Okay. Old Man Um, Superman is Earth Two. Yes, 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 yes. You're right, and I do have that in my notes. But what am I even reading here? So, so yeah, that happens, and then they go off and it's like, well, they know each other, and then they go see Jay Garrick, who knows them, but Joan, his wife, does not know them. But what we could end up coming to find out that all of the heroes know each other uh, because of what happened, but no one else, not really, no one else outside of that, uh, does. So we kind of we also kind of find out that everybody's not on their right earths um, and then Jay Wally um and the two soups go and hop on the cosmic treadmill and take a trip to the void, which they find out that there is no multiverse anymore and uh Superman two tries to kill himself and Sup- and soups one is like, "Come back here, you're not going anywhere." Um, they all go back to where they were and the, stu- uh, the treadmill breaks rip treadmill. Um, then we cut to Brainiac being out of commission, and all the heroes. Well, there was a group of folks on Brainiac's ship, um, and they're trying to figure out what what happened to Brainiac and, and what have you. But then we cut to Titans Tower, where a whole bunch of the heroes are meeting because, like I said, everybody knows each other. But you know, everybody's out of time, out of their place, and the world around them they don't know. And there are people kind of talking and trying to come to grips about the fact that. The, either they don't exist, or their world is not there, or whatever the case may be. Um, they meet up with Harbinger at the tower, who says that hey, I brought her back in, and apparently she gets got, because of what happened, she got her powers back. Um, and that, she tells that uh, everybody who was at the dawn of time was not affected, so that, therefore, that's why they don't have a universe anymore. Something Then the specter is found, um, by some people i am dead man and a couple other people, and then anti monitor appears welcoming folks to his uh anti monitor universe um let's see there is the a montage slide. issue yes let's see uh pick up pick 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 oh yeah, there's a whole deal with lois lois and superman two uh comes uh rep hunter's time vehicles it comes out of the time stream with forgotten heroes in it I don't know who they are uh they also notice that time has reset itself they get oh yeah that's right because this is when um that's what the whole thing with brenniac and dolphin for some reason is there who i still don't know who that is um how do you know dolphin she's like animal man's
4: like one of her animal man's friends she has the powers of a dolphin (laughs) she dated dated aquaman and then she had a kid with uh, uh tempest
1: Oh God, bless you guys for knowing. Yeah, I was about to say it's refreshing to have uh, such DC knowledgeable uh, folks in here. Even though DC's you know uh, history is bonkers, like I continue to say.
0: (laughs) I wanted to add about yeah, forgive me. Um, It'll. I was a fan of uh, Helena, uh, the Huntress, the original. I always was attracted to thigh high boots.
4: You kind of but break she, it
0: up. Yeah, it's just temporary. I
3: just said we just have to work through it. It's just happened over the last several uh, calls. <laughs> I, I think all the sound coming to your desktop uh, is is looping back through. There, there's nothing I can do about
0: it. See, it just went away. All I did was wait. Weird. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's going yeah, to happen the last perfect. couple of weeks. We don't, we we still haven't figured that out yet.
0: Okay, so what were you talking about? You were attracted to the Huntress? Is that what yeah. you were saying? The original Helena Bertinelli design, those thigh high boots, get out of here, man! That was awesome. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> when I was a kid. Oh, are you kidding me? I was just like, yeah. wait, that Huntress
4: design doesn't uh, uh, doesn't exist anymore. No, but she was Helena Wayne, right? And Earth Two Huntress was Helena Wayne, right? The daughter yes. of Batman and Selina Kyle. Right. I mean, she, mar- she she marries Dick Grayson, right? Is that what the story was? I don't remember. Because I don't. Batman Two died. Was killed.
3: Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. Did she marry Dick Grayson? I don't remember I that. Don't yeah,
4: I don't know. I I, I, I. I. was just. Right, but but like
0: I said, that design was awesome. So when I see it here, and you know, I I, I think you're right. I think she was Helena Wayne because she comes out as the daughter of Bruce Wayne and. Right. And somebody. Helena um, Kyle. Is it con- oh okay, so it is Catwoman. Okay. So then uh we have this particular uh version of the Huntress, and uh, you know, basically she, just like uh Supes 2, is going on about oh, my reality doesn't exist anymore, I don't belong here, blah blah blah, yakety schmackity. Um uh basically we get some uh you know existential crises from all these characters like I don't exist anymore. I have nothing to live for, and that's essentially where we find ourselves at the end of the issue because it's uh, the Anti-Monitor rearing his ugly head yet again.
3: Yeah, this is like the the false um, ending. Like yes. this is that that Friday the Thirteenth where Jason's dead. And everyone's like picking up the pieces and they're trying to figure out like, OK, well, now we just got to get out of here. We got to survive. And then suddenly, boom, you know, the door blasts open and there he is coming back through. It's like anti-monitor dead. Something's wrong with the universe. We're going to figure this out. You know, we just got to move forward and move on. And then suddenly, boom, anti-monitor not dead. Big battle. One final battle to
0: come. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that gets us to the giant final issue. Spectacular of Crisis on Infinite Earths issue number 12. The title of this story is Final Crisis. Where Not have we heard confused. that one again since? <laughs> uh, you know, we open with a splash page with a bunch of heroes that if I weren't doing this podcast over the last several years, I wouldn't even recognize, like, two of them. Um, you know, there. Right, there's Dolphin, who we were just referring to. There's uh, Rip Hunter. I'm like, who? Animal Man, I, I sort of remember him from the 80s and 90s, The Atomic Knight, Nuclear Warrior Without Peer, Adam Strange is the only one that I recognize, the savior of Planet Ron, and a Captain Comet, mutant born 100,000 years before his time. So, uh, you know, we, we open with this splash page of not exactly, um, you know, heralded uh, uh, heroes that we were referring to in the last issue, and they find Brainiac kind of hanging out in stasis mode in space. Meanwhile, on Earth, um, the uh, Supes 1 and soups 2 are confronting the Anti-Monitor, and he has, is making his presence felt all around the world. Uh, heroes gather uh, in one of my favorite DC locales, Titan's Tower, and they basically uh, meet there to figure out what their next... Uh, you know what their uh, their their next um, courses of action are. Uh, at this point, Doctor Light is going to be uh, making some sort of uh, you know having some sort of effect. Um, the darkness, uh, the uh, the minions of the Anti Monitor are attacking the Earth, and basically everyone has to uh, put you know the heroes and the villains have to put their quarrels aside and. And, and get together and and try to face down, uh, all of these uh, these shadows. It's mostly the heroes. I think the villains are uh, kind of all left without they're they're left not knowing what's happening. I don't. You know, I'm flipping through this. Like I don't really see too many villains helping out. Right. You know, correct me if I'm uh, if I'm mistaken, but uh, you know, we get uh, we get some scenes. We finally see Dark Side again. Uh, you know he's just uh hanging out in space under cloak not trying to uh uh get in between um get in between the combatants uh let's see here yeah that's where brainiac ship goes uh into stationary orbit over apocalypse um so the heroes are still battling the shadow demons the dove is slain by a shadow being as his brother watches in horror um, in Dr. Fate's Salem Tower, the magically powered heroes have gathered to pool their sorceress might. The Earth 2, Green Lantern, and Dr. Occult form the nexus of their energy. Um, on the antimatter world of Quard, um, Harbinger and the heroes arrive um, at the Anti Monitor's old headquarters. And um, let's see, uh, they suddenly see an image of the Flash who is traveling through time, like I said, turning back time. Um, uh, this is, I guess, the last one Barry cast before his death. Um, Wally follows uh, the image and runs into uh, the Psycho Pirate and uh, the, wa- the, the Barry Allen Flash costume that is left behind. Um, at this point, yeah, Pariah comes. He's probably about to uh, break out into tears, but we get a big splash page where the anti-monitor appears and proclaims, this is the day the universe dies. Um, Forgive me. There is a lot of stuff happening in (laughs) As I flip, Uh, there's, uh, you know, people who are dealing with the after effects on earth. There's stuff going on in Atlantis as Aquaman leads his underwater legions against the shadows. Um, oh, this is where Lori Lamaris dies. So Lori Lamaris saves a trapped Mira with a force beam. A demon closes in on her and kills Lori Lamaris. I remember reading Lori Lamaris in reprints of Superman stories like uh, Earth 2 Superman stories um, in black and white uh, reprints
4: as a kid. How do you know who she is and not know who Dolphin is?
3: <laughs> well, like I said, it's, it's, I, had, I had... Because she was a Superman character, not an Aquaman character.
0: Right, and I had these reprint these black and white reprints as a kid in like a digest form. So, uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on on Earth. Um, we get uh, the green... No, that's magic. That's not Green Lantern stuff. So, back on Quard. Um, we get the main, what I guess is the main battle of the heroes against the Anti-Monitor. Dr. Light absorbs uh, the energy of one of the binary suns they are between um, and the Anti-Monitor feels his power draining away. Alright, so she's being useful. So that's what's happening here. I'm reading our cliff notes for this. So uh, let's see here. Dr. Light blasts uh, the anti-monitor with the energy of a sun. Um, I think that pushes the. I think that punches a hole in him. Yep, that punches a hole in him. I don't know if this is where the story. Nope, story's not ending yet. Nope, nope, nope. See, I told you. Just like uh, PCN underscore Dirt mentioned, that was another false ending. Uh, we get the anti-monitor with a big hole in his chest after uh, Doctor Light blasts him with the with the power of a sun um and i think this is where one version of wonder woman bites the bullet she gets blasted by the anti monitor i'm looking to see which version of wonder woman this is it's the earth 2 the old oh, lady a, the old lady ah so that's how they get rid of the old lady okay
3: that's so f- but she comes back i know <laughs> oh. but uh alex luther has used his power to open the portal to allow everybody to return back to the normal universe when they thought the Anti Monitor was destroyed. Right. So everybody starts to go back through, and then that's when he does that Jason Voorhees, you know, reach out and grab the ankle and, like, no, I'm not dead yet. And so everybody has already pretty much left at that point. And so you just have uh, a couple Supermen and uh, Lady Cork left there, and Old Man Superman's like, I've got nothing left to live for. I'm going to beat the crap out of them. You guys go back to safety. And uh, they, they don't want to leave him there, so he knocks them both out and Superboy tells Superboy to take them back to where it's safe. And uh, uh, he goes to take on the anti-monitor and finish him off once and for all. And he's basically, because Lois, his Lois is gone, he's got nothing else to live for, so he's just going to beat the crap out of this guy and destroy him. And if he gets locked in the universe with him, then so be it.
0: got it, alright and uh, Superboy Prime raises his ugly head again I'm just flipping through this now because I just don't know this that well, there's so much stuff going on wow yeah, so uh, as as, as uh, PCN underscore Dirt mentioned, there is a confrontation between uh, Earth 2 Superman and the Anti-Monitor in this, uh, this kind of um, limbo region uh, to try to uh, trap the anti-monitor in the antimatter universe.
3: And so one of the things that we find out at this point is that Darkseid um, through whatever special TV he has, he's able to see everything through Alexander Luther's eyes. Mm. So um, he's watching everything that's going on with the Anti-Monitor in the Anti-Monitor universe, and he goes, you know what, this dude keeps getting back up, this dude keeps coming, they can't stop him, so since I can see through his eyes, I'm going to shoot a blast of my Anti-Life Equation power through the TV, through Alexander Luther's eyes, and hit Anti-Monitor with it, and that's the blast, boom, that finishes him off, uh, supposedly once and for all. And Dark Sides only willing to do this because he knows that if the anti-monitor escapes then everything else is going to crumble and eventually he'll come for apocalypse and so in order to save his own dominion he's willing to join in the fight got it
0: Got it. Uh, got it now i understand that okay
3: so then, old man Superman, he's he's pining for Lois, and he's like, oh, "I wish you know she would have survived." And Alexander's L- Luther is like, "Well, actually, she kind of did." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And he like opens his chest, and out walks Lois Lane. <laughs> That's right. Know. And he's like, "Basically, I've got a pocket dimension inside of me, and so I just kind of stuffed her in there and uh, kept her safe, and uh, so now she's still alive." And so uh, Superboy and Superman and Lois, uh, they're all you know, trapped now in the anti-matter universe. And the anti-matter universe is now collapsing with the death of the anti-monitor. And so they just said, you know what, let's all go inside the pocket universe in my chest. And so then they all just kind of go in and it curls upon itself and seals itself up and they're gone. And so that should have been the end of Superboy Prime for all time. Ah. Unfortunately, it was not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but we also find out that uh, Wonder Woman, that Wonder Woman that supposedly had died, didn't die. She went back to her original, "quote unquote" infancy state as a ball of clay. Um, let's see, what else? Is it? We basically find it, out it a whole my, bunch of
4: stuff that has happened. Sorry, just uh, just one question. Sure. Remind me, the post-crisis Wonder Woman was written by by George Perez, right?
3: Right. Got it. Well, he did the artwork. Did he write it? I think he wrote it. He wrote it.
0: Right? He was he was basically in charge of the reboot.
3: Like I remember him doing the artwork for sure. Yeah, he definitely wrote it.
1: Yeah, so time reverses itself continuously. The uh the Amazons were returned back to their original state before uh let's see. So this brought the homeless Wonder Woman of Earth Two and her husband to, to Steve Trevor to Olympus, where they could believe previously. Found the the bodies of Robin of Earth Two and Huntress and Cole were never found. Uh so there was mourning for those people who died. Um apparently uh Kid Flash's whatever was going on with Kid Flash had been in remission now and uh He'd been changed. Oh, this is also, by the way, somewhere in there we found out that uh, Wally found out that Barry had died during the course of all the other stuff that happened during the fight. So he was a little distraught about that, and this is when he was like, well, the Flash is, the, the Flash is alive because I'm the Flash now, so he becomes the Flash. He's a man now. Um, mm. the, great, the great disaster will not exist and but a child will be formed in Command D, whatever that is, um, of Adopted by General Horatio Tomorrow of the Planetears and named Thomas. Uh, Jonah Hex will be torn from his era. Hi to tomorrow. F- yeah, still a stupid name. Um, jo- Jonah Hex will be torn from his era to fight in the future, which that would explain that um, that um, ad page that I saw in on one of the issues. <laughs> wow. Remember Guardians- that? That was weird. Yeah. That was that was Keith Giffen in
3: his weird artwork phase doing that one
1: yeah I was like what in the world is going on there but I'm not going to take the minute to find out um but the Guardians of the Universe must face down the first the the, face the first division in their ranks uh concludes her tale later Clark and Pariah ask her for help to help them explore their new home world they leave with her honoring the memory of the benefactor the monitor uh and there's some dude in Arkham Asylum talking about he knows what happened to everything with the the multiverse uh, but he's in a rubber... Psycho ball. Pirate. Oh, was that right Okay. I wasn't sure. I not seen him out of cons- costume.
3: But yeah, it's, it's Psycho Pirate and he returns in uh, Animal Man in uh, Grant... I think it was Grant Morrison, right? Yep, it was Grant Morrison yeah. and um, Brian Bo- Boland was
4: doing the cover. Yep. Uh, it, was it Steve Pugh?
3: Maybe. it's been oh man that's yeah that's going back a ways i haven't read that in a long time
4: it's a great run and he he actually he was i think the first writer to revisit the crisis right because he had psycho pirate he refers to it because he has to like
3: fix animal man's continuity right Um, he talked about the different universes and the different histories and everything like that yeah yeah it's a great run it's a
4: great run if you uh agent 70 and uh ryan cap if you haven't read it yet
1: okay okay cool but yeah, that's pretty much where we leave off with psychoman, uh, psycho the psychopirate, um, mourning anti-pirates in the world he never gets, which is weirdly really reminiscent of the end of um, Batman Superman, where um, when Luther was in, was it Batman Superman? Where Luther was in the, um, um, what was in the jail? I try not to remember that. I yes,
3: know. Yes. Yes. Because it was the end of Dawn of Justice, where he met with uh, Deathstroke on his yacht. Oh,
1: okay, no, 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 not that. But no, this was before, uh, and I think it was yeah. Oh yeah, no, you know, you're right about that. But it was like okay, yeah. So there was uh, Bat Superman, but anyway, it doesn't matter because that, that that was the weird thing that that scene that that uh, last page reminded me of, and I don't know why it did. But regardless, that <clears throat> concludes this uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Event with that. <laughs> so
3: the the thing with the um, Guardians of Oa, um, and they're they're splitting into two. Is you had the one group who, of course, ends up becoming the Guardians and uh, starting the Green Lantern Corps. The other group that leaves becomes the Controllers, and the Controllers end up um, running the. Were they the Black Dark, Stars? Uh, Dark Stars. Yeah. Dark Stars, right. So Dark Stars actually ended up becoming a series later on in DC Comics in like the 90s. Uh, But it was one of those things where they set it up here in crisis thinking, we'll get to that. But then like nobody did. And it took like eight years before someone went. Oh yeah, hey, remember that thing that we set up in Crisis with them going off to do the Dark Stars? Because the Controllers had been something completely different in pre-Crisis continuity. They came from like another universe that was destroyed by war, and so they wanted to stop war destroying whatever you know in this universe. And um, here in the in the new uh, revised post-Crisis continuity, they became a, the the split from the Guardians. Um, And they actually just brought back that whole thing in in the new Grant Morrison Green Lantern run, which I've been reading in quarantine. Because right before we went into quarantine, I went to one of the shops and I was like, I read the first issue. I really didn't care for it. But you know what? I'm going to need stuff to read during this whole thing when everything shut down. So I bought the entire run. I bought the the Dark Stars miniseries and then the two or three issues of season two of that. So I've been reading through all those um, while we've had this time off. Is just to have more stuff to read. Grant
4: Morrison called it Black Stars, but it was Dark Stars, and then okay. I, like, Grant Morrison changed the name. But uh, and it was a fun comic. Travis, it was Travis Harris's, like first run,
3: ongoing run. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that now because they became like the big hot like Wizard Comics collectible thing for a while, and I was like, dude, I'm just a Green Lantern guy. I want to read these things. I don't, I don't want to pay twelve dollars to pick up this issue. Yeah. Okay. Now I remember all that. And it was written by Michael Jan Freeman,
4: who I met at a con, and I don't know, we, we trade emails. His email address is the, the character he created for Darkstar Sparron Colos. It's far- <laughs> at
0: okay. I mean, you know what my response
3: to all this is. Who? So... <laughs> oh, which, by the way, uh, Potter, uh, the Wonder Woman, um, when George Perez started that series... He actually co-plotted with a writer named Potter, um, who I have no idea who this person is. Um, Let's see if I can pull this back up. Greg Potter broke the is is the script. George Perez is pencils, but Potter and Perez are both listed as co-plotters. So if any if hey Greg Potter, if you're out there. Uh what else have you been up to lately? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
0: All right. Um so, you know, while we got well while while you uh, DC uh literate folks are on, tell uh, talk to talk to us about what has happened in DC's more recent past that has either nullified or altered the effects of crisis on infinite earths now, because that's sort of like the aftermath in the uh, the wiki notes that I had that 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 we're uh, kind of going along with online uh, you know about what happened with um, uh, zero hour and hypertime convergence infinite crisis obviously we referred to because of uh, 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 Superboy prime uh, going on um, I know that could be a whole other episode of the Comp Chronicles trying to figure out where where we stand today. But uh, if you could just uh, give me the uh, the nutshell,
4: <sighs> or is it too much? I, 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 I have a meta I have a meta answer that that's short, like nice. Sure. I mean, you know, times have changed, and you know, back then they were trying to attract more readers and trying to make it simpler for people to, you know, embrace Superman. Understand Batman and understand all these titles. it feels like, you know, now with so many other media outlets, you know, the editorial is just kind of like, look, it embraces Superman, Batman you want. Here you go. We're gonna have like you, you want Batman as Joker, here you go, the Batman Who Laughs, right? So, you know, they you know embrace the version of, of the character you want.
2: So, I, I think
4: I better
0: Matt, you're coming in and out. You may want to uh, adjust your mic, or at least your
3: headphones. Oh, okay. So, so can you hear me okay now? It's, it's, it's like, it gets like really soft. Okay, okay now. Oh. How about now? There yes. we go. Okay,
4: so, you know, what I'm trying to say is that, it, you know, BC is now embracing... Like enjoy the Superman you want, enjoy the Batman you like. Old Man Superman, great. You like, you know, you you like the Huntress in the sci- high boots, great. You know, and, and that's they've gone the opposite direction of what like, like the original intention was of Crisis was to make it easier to bring people in. But everyone knows who, who knows who Superman is. I can I can reach I can go to the bookstore or buy a Superman prose book or, or something like that. So I just think. My concise answer is, is: We've gone the opposite direction. You know, just enjoy the the Batman, Superman. Enjoy the characters you want. Enjoy. The you want. Enjoy, you know, if you want to read young adult, young adult, um, uh, Mera.
3: Go ahead. Yeah. So, the the idea of yeah, I, I agree uh, with with a lot of what you're saying here because the, the idea of Crisis was they had these characters. Uh, a long time ago and then they relaunched the characters and they kind of ignored the old ones but then they started to kind of bring the old ones back and then people got kind of confused and they would pick up an adventure comics and see the Justice Society but then they could pick up uh, Justice League and see kind of, it's like well these are some of the same characters but they're different somehow and like it didn't really make a lot of sense and so the idea of Crisis was we're going to streamline everything, we're going to get rid of all these little threads, we're just going to bring everything together like they had just bought the charlton library of characters so they were going to bring those in um all this kind of stuff and just just make it all one continuity and make everything work and it was not going to be any problem but then writers kept forgetting and so they would write stories where they would just bring up these things that don't exist anymore and so then they did Zero Hour, and the idea of Zero Hour is let's clean this back up again. we got to get rid of these little threads. we got to fix these problems again. Um, and then they got to the point where at Infinite Crisis, they go, you know, we really miss the multiverse. And a lot of people had fun with that, and it really gave us creativity to go tell other stories and do other stuff. And you really can't do a whole lot with, like, Uncle Sam uh, and the Freedom Fighters just telling world war two stories but if they're back on earth x we can have the nazis in modern day and they're still fighting them you know they you know world war two never ended you know that type of stuff like we can tell some more interesting things so infinite crisis brought all that stuff back so um but yeah now we're we are at that point where between black label is one thing um, where you, you have a lot of those same characters and sometimes those tie into continuity and sometimes they don't. Um, sometimes you have stuff going on in Detective and you have stuff going on into Batman and they they don't really tie into each other necessarily, but they somehow both still count. And it's like, well, how does that work? And they go, well, it's comics. It's kind of the same thing that goes on in pro wrestling a lot of times where it's just like, why would he suddenly turn his back on his friend just because his friend said something to his girlfriend and now they have a big fight that doesn't make any sense. And you go, it's just wrestling. Yeah. It's like, that's just what happens. And so it's the same thing now. They're just like, it's comics. It's just stuff happens. Um, And, you know, Marvel's take on the other hand had always been, they had that rubber band continuity where it was just like, well, everything that happened happened, but, it didn't happen as long ago. It happened a little more recently. Um, So it's like Captain America, you know, well, he was thought out, but he was thought out in the sixties. Well, he was thought out in the seventies Well, he was thought out in the nineties. So now he was thought out after nine 11, you know, it's like, it, it really changes the character when they rubber band that history. So they did their secret wars, which kind of reset history. And they did the whole crisis thing. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but I mean, it really doesn't matter anymore, you know? So, Uh, and also because back then it was much harder to find back issues there weren't a lot of reprints you obviously didn't have digital and all that stuff you didn't have a barnes and noble you can walk into with 40 feet of trade paperbacks and then you can go hmm i don't see the one i'm looking for and they're like okay well we'll order it for you and send it to your house or you know going on to amazon and, and just click 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 and three days later it's at your front door so the idea of Of a lot of that continuity and a lot of that history was kind of a problem for some people trying to get in on this stuff. Uh, Personally, I liked all that. I liked the continuity. I liked trying to fix the timelines. I thought it was interesting the way all this stuff would happen. They did a storyline in um, in, in when John Byrne took over the Superman books, they realized that the Legion of Superheroes had always been inspired by Superboy. But in post-crisis, there was no Superboy. Right. But the Legion of Superheroes still had Superboy. So how do you fix that? So he had to come up with this whole pocket universe, and the Time Trapper, like, created, uh, like, oh. sliced off a little bit of reality and created this pocket universe to, to you know, keep things in. So every time they would time travel to the past, he was actually shunting them off to the side. And then they revealed the Time Trapper turned out, he was, like, their greatest villain, but he turned out to be, like, Cosmic Boy. Um, he became the villain because he needed to be there in order to fix the timeline problems that he knew about because he had been part of crisis and all of this kind of stuff. And I always thought that was interesting. I always, I always liked running into this stuff and being like, like, like what? That was where? And then you go, you dig through the back issues and you pull one out and you're like, Oh, holy crap. Like I never realized like that was a thing and you know, they had to fix it and whatever. Like I always thought that was really neat. So I would say that I've kind of lost like i i understand the idea of saying hey just do whatever and if it doesn't if it doesn't match up 100% you know it's it's whatever it's the story you want to tell just tell the story and that's how the movies have always been that way the cartoon series have always been that way they never have to link up with each other they never have to make sense with each other and that's part of the reason why the whole dc cinematic universe thing failed because when that whole started that was supposed to be Five movies about Superman, like they had three movies about Batman, these are going to be a bunch of movies about Superman, and then suddenly they were like, no, 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 it's got to tie into Suicide Squad, and it's got to tie into Wonder Woman, and it's got to tie in, and blah, 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 and the whole thing just kind of fell apart, because they fought too hard to... Make it all tie together. The movies had always been that way, but for comics, I always liked that because we we collect them, we save them, you know. We go through the boxes, so when something comes up and it's like character as last seen in DC Comics Presents thirteen in nineteen sixty four, and it's like, oh, holy crap! Now I got to go dig this book out and find it for this missing piece of the story to put it together. That was to me was always part of the fun of it, of the collecting and the reading and the buying. But now they've made it, I guess, much more disposable. And I guess that's part of the reason why I'm just not really as enthusiastic about as much of the stuff these days.
0: I think I definitely think that's part of it. I think, I think we could get, we could we could do an entire series as to why uh, uh, we could do an entire podcast series as to why the DCU movies have been uh, unable to capitalize on everyone's. Uh, willingness to accept you know like an interconnected you know uh, set of movies and a and a movie universe but uh, in terms of the comics i think we're of a specific generation that came up just before crisis so we had a taste of what the dc continuity was before crisis so we definitely were old enough to appreciate what came before and then when crisis came along it created this sort of sea change that, like you said, changed a bunch of things. Like I read – when I was a kid, I read a lot of like black and white reprints in the digest format, things that you would get at those like scholastic book sales. And that's what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of those Superman stories that like introduced me to um, – uh, the legion of superheroes that basically reprinted the first appearance of the legion of superheroes where they've got Superboy in like this electric field on the cover and like you know, there's like a panel of like uh, uh of legionnaires who like are saying you know like you're, you've been found guilty of something and you're about to die and that um you know and i remember reading that as a as a kid and not understanding that this was something that had changed post-crisis so you know i had that uh that 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 somewhat deeper understanding of dc history i obviously at that time even though i was uh, mad young i had become a big fan of the new teen titans obviously i read uh justice league because you know we've gone over my um my rationale uh, when i was a kid i love team books because you got more bang for your buck you got all these heroes under one title for the price of a comic, because if your if your uh, if your dad or your mom or whoever it was that you had convinced to take you to the newsstand was going to let you pick some stuff off the rack, you needed to make that sixty cents count. So, you know, if you got two dollars, that meant two books or three books, depending on if it was sixty or seventy-five cents or a dollar each, and um, and and candy to food. You always had to get something um, in addition to your comic. So. Uh, You know, I can just remember going through the calculus and I remember seeing Avengers, of course. New Teen Titans, I still remember some of the the covers I pulled. And Justice League, you got these really big team books that had all these heroes under the the banner and they were, you know, uh, big for me. So that's where my DC history came from. So, you know, just not to belabor the point, but we at least had some... We had more than dipped our toes into D.C. history prior to Crisis. And, you know, we see how that changed. So I guess we we developed an appreciation for what came before without being the folks who were just like, ah, it's too confusing. Screw it. I'm going to
3: give up. I'm not going to even try to understand what's going on. Well, that's like one of the arguments that I've heard so much in the last, like, say, 10 years. Um, that I've never bought into is they go, oh, we got to keep relaunching these books with number ones because no one wants to pick up a number 30. No one wants to pick up a 107, a you know, whatever. But it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, I remember being in, like, KB Toy Stores and seeing, like, uh, you know, Batman 409 and just being like, oh, cool, Batman. You know, the fact that it was 409 didn't mean anything. You know, it's like... I. Oh, I haven't read 1 through 408. Am I going to be able to understand this? No, you know, you don't think that. You're just like, oh, okay, well, here's this one. I'm going to pick it up. You know, it's, it's – I, I just don't buy into that argument that you have to relaunch everything with a new number one, you know, every 12 months, every 18 months because then it just – it becomes difficult. I was actually having a conversation with my son the other day and he was like he was like I want to read that one Guardians of the Galaxy series but I can't remember which one it was and he was trying to explain it to me and I was like yeah okay I remember that one. Yeah I don't know when that was either. It's like well let's look up Guardians of the Galaxy number 1. Nope, nope. that's no help at all. <laughs> you know. It's like there's there's so many different places where it starts with a new number 1 and it's like trying to go back and find that you know, particular series. It's just like after a while, it's like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to do a lot of more googling besides trying to look at number ones and figuring out which one it is.
0: I mean, part I, of it. I would just add, hold that thought, Matt. I was just going to add that. You know, obviously, I think part of it comes from the speculator market, where everyone's looking for that number one and they're looking to launch something with the most uh, eyeballs on it. So there's the marketing aspect too. So it's a, it's. I, I think that those are like two main factors in the, the the obsession with launching stuff with the number one go
4: ahead matt okay so i, w- I was reading this uh we're saying was if you started a new series and this is kind of back in the 70s and, and 80s like um people wanted a high number right they wanted the 409 right they didn't want issue number one or two because they wanted some part of a longer continuity and it was harder to do limited series back then which is why you don't see a lot of limited series back in those days um, but uh, i thought it was interesting footnote right because now you know obviously editorial wants to do new issue okay? and it, i feel your pain on, on
0: yeah definitely i'm very much uh annoyed with the the relaunches of guardians um you know i don't know why they feel like they need to relaunch that they can definitely just uh uh keep the ball rolling when the creative teams change it's it's very that particular uh, uh book series of books that you mentioned uh dirt is very frustrating in my eyes so i definitely feel where you're uh your uh, your son is coming from. I would all, uh, at this time recommend um, Marvel Unlimited as a new convert <laughs> because um, they are all on there. At least that particular series. Yeah,
3: we've got Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, so you, it's one of to, those things. I've got the Marvel Unlimited. I've got the Comicsology Unlimited, and I've got the you know Amazon whatever the, part of their Amazon Prime library yeah. whatever they call that. They've got a bunch of comics on there too. So, um, oh, but. Cool. That That's proven to me invaluable during quarantine, so, um, you know. That's- I, I also have a wall of short boxes on the other side of this camera that makes this corner of the living room into my office because it cuts off the rest of the room by having all of these boxes stacked up here. So uh, one way or another, I can I can find what I'm looking for. The the problem is when you look up, well, it's a Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, how many could there be, you yeah. know? And then you do the search, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, there's a lot.
1: Yeah. Right. All right. So, if there be nothing else, uh, let us wrap back around to Com- uh, Crisis on Independent Earth and, and, and uh, end this up uh, with any final thoughts on the series or clicks a week, whatever.
0: Um, I would, I'm still having trouble digesting issue 12 because I did not get to finish reading it. Um, It seems a little on the anticlimactic side. I think the two strongest issues are seven and probably ten. You know, eight. With the, flat, with the death of the Flash is, is okay, um, but I had already kind of picked through it because of uh, trying to figure out the, the pseudoscience or, you know, just what the reasoning for it uh, was at the time. But uh, definitely, I think, 7 with the death of Supergirl and 10 being the, the issue where everyone kind of gets together and Uncle Sam makes his little pledge to, uh, to get everyone going in the, in the, the right direction. And uh you know the specter basically laying the smackdown um on the anti okay,
1: yeah, I think I'm just gonna go ahead and go with seven because i mean the the whole issue was just you know like i you you got the exposition you know going into it, it was like, all right, they got pat that for now let's get to the action, and then everything's started popping off and then of course you know. It, the the sad part about it was Supergirl died, but she went out. You know, she went out like a hero, like, like I said earlier, like that was said earlier. So, yeah. yeah, so it was a great issue just for that, and it it just weirdly overshadows Flash dying for a couple of different reasons because of the way it happened, and then it was and then because like knowing like okay, you hear later on not not reading this, you know, just reading this for the first time earlier, and like well, you know the Flash died and you knew that happened. Uh, i guess wait this is this is the first time he died then not he die again something like that but and it's like okay well the way he died in here was just kind of like yeah he just poof he just he did his thing yeah but it was like in relation to the way supergirl died it was like
3: eh,
1: a little less a little less of an impact
3: yep. yeah 7 for me is is definitely this is one of those watershed books where it's like holy crap they they do this like like, the characters actually die? Like, for real? Like, what? Like, I couldn't believe it. And also, for years, I used to collect, every time they would do a, a, an homage to this cover or a parody of this cover, you know, anybody would do... I remember there was a Mighty Mouse where they did a crisis on Infinite Earth and they had Mighty Mouse holding a, another dead Mighty Mouse, and, and uh, you, you know, that was one that went into my collection. And I remember there was a, another Superman book where... Um, one of the monsters from Star Labs who had become a hero, he dies, and so they did a another homage to this cover, and I remember um, having that one. I mean, th- th- probably I probably have a dozen um, parodies and homages to this cover in, in my boxes, you know, in my collection. Um, this is just one of those things, like, you know, when you talk about Crisis, like, this is the image that comes to mind when I think of Crisis, is this cover right here. Like, this is just so iconic uh for me and so uh yeah this is definitely the issue that i gravitate towards yep
0: matt Matt's uh, going yeah he might have stepped away no, no he's he, there he's on he's mute there, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah he probably stepped away so we can you know like when he gets back we might uh ask him uh what his click of the week is so uh all right, Dirt. Um, you know, thanks for thanks for that. I pre- I definitely appreciate you and Matt. Uh, you know, Roddy. I I don't want to speak for Roddy, but I definitely appreciate um, having uh, your historical perspective on this because uh, this has been very informative. And um, I was kind of cramming issue twelve in under uh, before the the show started. I didn't quite finish, so I found it ironic that I was the one recapping issue twelve. So, uh, you know. Uh, I still have to kind of digest what happens in the issue, but you know, having gone through the cliff notes, you know I see how you know we kind of springboard into what is the post crisis continuity with Wonder Woman with uh um, the flash and with um, you know because Batman wasn't really touched. Superman was sort of touched because they dealt with his history. Um, they didn't really you know it's funny that they stayed away from Batman and they mostly stayed away from the New Teen Titans, which were the the stronger books at the time. So that's sort of why when I was a kid, I didn't really care for Crisis because it didn't really touch the books I was reading, um, although I didn't like the fact that you know things had changed and and, and whatnot, you know. And Perez wasn't on Titans at the time. so.
3: Well, um, one of the things, though, to point out is that it did bring a big change to Batman, even though it didn't happen in this series. Uh, but this was the excuse to reboot Jason Todd because Jason Todd um, and he even appears in in the book. He calls him Jay. Right. Yeah. right, right. Um, Jason Todd was a, a just a, a clone of Dick. He was a Dick Grayson part two. And um, everybody just kind of looked at him as like, meh, he's really just the same thing. Just like mm, really no different. So they decided because of crisis they could redo him. And so they made him the uh, a street smart little thug. And oh, Batman steals the hubcaps. Right. And, he, and so he's stealing those off the Batmobile. Um, and he becomes this uncontrollable little dickhead that ends up uh, getting himself killed by the Joker.
2: Oh, okay. And by fans.
1: what was that and by fans because they were the ones who voted for that that's right that's That's... okay okay okay
3: I I always wondered that was a 900 number people had to call in Mm -hmm. in order to vote for Jason Todd's death I always wondered how much money DC Comics actually made off of asking the fans to kill Jason Todd I don't know
0: I don't know you got me
3: Matt can you hear us
0: can you hear us yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I can hear you. I, I heard you. Okay. We your were lights just... went out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I put the lights out for the for, for the fam. But uh, I, we were quarantined. We, yeah. We just asked um, what your pick of, uh, what, your, what your click of the week is for issues 7 through 12. You said 7 also. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we're pretty unanimous on 7. That sounds like. Yep. Cool, 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 cool. Well, that, uh, any, thoughts, any thoughts, Matt, on um, uh, on just wrapping up the series and like the after effects and whatnot?
4: You, you know, I kind of said it last week. It, it really is the uh, it, it really is the framework for a lot of the future series we've read and uh, the and it's follows similar beats and. What, comics for, you know, you know, 30, you know, 30 plus years. I mean, you know, it's part of the history and, um, you know, it, it's nice to read the original story that kind of led to so many other stories that we've all enjoyed. Got
1: it. Got sure. got it, got it. Yeah. that was actually, there was a one little point I was going to make uh, because y'all kind of hit up on it already, but it was like, yeah. So this is the one that kind of, you know, influence other stories and well. but also that one little thing about well, because of things that are coming out of this story, uh, this event kind of launches other characters into their own books or whatever. Because, like I said, we see Wally, you know, becoming the Flash in here, and then you know that they touched on what uh, with uh, Wonder Woman or whatnot, and it's like, well, okay, well, from this, then that's where that started That's basically it seems like where they started seeding. You Know seating people just kind of like, well, if you're interested in what's going what's that's all about, you go seek out these books type situations. Because it's like, okay, hey, this is happening, so you might want to know, you know. And that's where, like, especially Marvel is kind of heavy handed with that right now. It's like, hey, an event's going on, but we're gonna to touch on this other stuff that is going on and that's going to be going on later on, or, or events that, or even in a quote unquote, an event book that pretty much just touches on all the events to come type situation, you know. And it's like, Okay, so this is this is pretty much what that comes on to, in a short order. That being the case, folks, uh, I guess we will try to transition into the news, but first, I uh, want to get to an ad read real quick.
0: All right, our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torrenté, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the comic book chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order to place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you. Go to our network website at CSPN.us forward slash wink. That's CSPN.us forward slash W I N C. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today.
2: Hey, now, uh,
4: hey uh. Before you start the news, I'm gonna private I'm gonna have to sign out. But uh, right. thank you for having me. Uh, it was good to see all of you and kind of great and, uh, and, uh, and uh, show. I really appreciate you guys inviting me and uh, hopefully the listeners you guys all enjoyed
0: it. All righty, thanks, Indeed. Matt. Indeed. Jada, take it easy. All the best to the fam.
1: Thanks, yep. take care, Take it easy. All righty. So I was going to switch it up and say because I know the, guy, the the guys wanted to get through that diamond news, and since I got to kind of have that first off, so we're gonna do comic book news first. So because I got that on, on top of on top of that right now, so that the, so the dirt and the can say his piece. No problem. Um, that, and then you know then. We can head on with the rest of the stuff. So that being the case, let me pull this up and go with start off with. uh, First of all, Diamond's marketing exec uh, excuse me for healthcare industry. So apparently, Diamond Comics Distributors' longtime marketing director Dan Manzer has left the company and the comics business uh, entirely and went to Medicare. For some reason, so he wrote on LinkedIn. That's great. That's all well and done. Next up. Um, Diamond reveals plan to reopen comics industry. And in, so I got this in a on order, so forgive me for this. But uh, Diamond reveals plan to reopen comic books industry in May. But I think the what we wanted to kind of get to. There's like a family of stories here um, yeah. that we can cover kind of as
0: a in bulk. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah, can so... go all the way down to you know the DC, the last, the, the line 424, DC rushes new giants, you know, like all of these stories are kind of interrelated, but you know, you can kind of start at the top.
1: Yeah. That's why I'm kind of, yeah. Kind of getting to this. Because the next story is basically that DC to start publishing new comics in on April the 28th, because they're, they have a new uh, distribution deal with some folks. Um, and uh, there's a, the story after that is, to, is from Newsarama that is talking about the um, you know, basically, what their what their plan is with DC's new plan. So it's called uh, instant, Inside DC's new print distribution plan and the new distribution distributors involved. We going to find out that is uh, uh, Midtown Comics and um, Lunar Distribution. DCBS. DCBS. Yes. And let me see. Keep going. To initial retailer and retailer reaction to DC's distribution plan is mixed, to say the least. Um, and also DC enlists new distributors to ship comics. Diamond responds. So this is Diamond's, you know, response to what DC is doing with that. Uh, Diamond also refused that DC's, DC's notice to retailers about cancelled orders states that they are still a DC distributor. Um... And, well, this is kind of more comic stuff, but let I me mean, call it more comic-focused stuff, but we can kind of stop right there and talk about that whole deal with, um, with what DC is doing and and uh, and like, the reaction to it. That says it all.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I know, I know uh, PCN underscore Dirt and Roddy Cat will appreciate the fact that often my heaviest size state multitudes when I do them, so I can sort of see where Dirt is going, but I think he has more to say.
3: Um, yeah, so... The first thing that comes to mind is like, hey, I would love to be reading some new comics right now. I mean, I would, I would love if the industry was able to keep going. Um, problem? Um, stores are shut down. There, last I read is there were only six states in the continental United States that don't have some sort of stay-at-home or shelter-in-place order, um, at least in parts of the state. Um, now, some states aren't, aren't completely shut down. It's just the major metropolitan areas and some of the smaller areas are, are left open. Um, but a lot of states, uh, including where I live in Illinois, are completely shut down. Um, you know, it's, yeah, groceries, hardware, um, I'm trying to think, gas stations, automotive repair shops, um, bicycle repair shops, um, you know, um, Walmart, everything else is shut down. You're not allowed to run your business. Um, you're supposed to stay home. You're not supposed to go out and do things unless you have to go out and do them. Otherwise, you're supposed to stay in your house. So that kind of creates an issue when they say, "Hey, we're going to throw out new product," because I would love to have that new product. I can't go to my store and buy it, which means I either have to go online and order it and get it from somewhere else um, and get it shipped, you know, to me, um, or I have to wait. And you know, the waiting is the hardest part, as the song goes. Um, but one of the The other bigger problems is DC, when they announced this, they said, hey, we've got these two new distribution partners that are going to work with us to get these books out. Um, And they are going to, instead of having to wait for Diamond to reopen, we're going to use them and their services uh, to help distribute these books. And they gave these two names that they threw out there as their new distribution partners. And it took a while for people to start digging through the information. And I don't know if they were like backtracking URLs or if they're comparing phone numbers or what happened, but eventually they figured out that it's Midtown Comics and DCB service. And the problem is that these are retailers. These are not distributors. And these retailers often undercut cover price on things in order to ship them out to sell them to customers to undercut your local comic store, so there are people that instead of going to their local comic shop, you know, every week they mail order through these places so they can save twenty percent, thirty percent, forty percent off the cover price. You know, um, which I mean, if that's your business, you got the volume to do it. Hey, it's America, it's a free country, whatever. But when DC says now you have to go through them. As, as a competitor. The right, as the exclusive distributor. Right. Um, so we have we have three comic book stores here in town. We have one store that has said they're going to order through these new distributors and get these new books. And the people say, well, your store is shut down. How are you going to sell these books? Well, basically, they're going to give a middle finger to the governor, and they're going to go out and... If anybody wants the books, they can send them a message on Facebook and they will drive to the person's house and they will sell them the books, Um, which kind of defeats the whole shelter in place, Um, you know, stay at home order. But you got to run your business. you got to do stuff. So, like, on the one hand, it's I'm kind of tempted to be like, well, I normally. Now, Now, here's the weird thing. Now, this is this is me being weird. I used to work at one of the stores. I used to work at one of the other stores. I'm on really good terms with the owner of the third store. Um, and so I actually have Pulse at all three stores. Wow. Um, Wait a second. So I, actually,
0: I got a sound effect for that. You know, talking about yeah. me- that's you know, fair. About me needing to get my uh, my computer i can get my computer damn it i just choose not to but anyway
3: <laughs> so so the, i there's a store i still kind of help out with part-time like i go in once a week and kind of help them with the new books and whatever so those are the books that i really want the most i get to take those home on tuesday you know before they go on sale then the other two stores i'll make it to on wednesday or one of the stores it's and it's stuff I may go pick up later in the week. You know, I may go on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday to, to pick up that stuff. It's stuff that I want to have and I want to read, you know, whatever, but it's kind of further down the list. And obviously I've got other stuff that I'm going to get to in the days before that. So, um, and it's also, uh, what I call my cleanup store because I'll read the, the PDFs that we get for review and stuff. And then it's like, Oh, I'd like to pick up a copy of that. So then right. I go and I, I'll grab one from, from that store. So, so I get stuff from all three stores. Well, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to be like, well, I normally get this from this guy, but he's going to have it now, and he's willing to defy the law and bring the comics to my house, so I might order the books from him and, and go ahead and get them, which is going to kind of suck for this guy who's going to sit and wait for things to reopen. Um, they just extended our lockdown order. We're locked down for another month, so even if... Diamond is able to reopen in mid-May and get things going and start shipping stuff out. The other two stores they're not going to be there to pick up their deliveries. They're not going to be able to you know get the books that Diamond is shipping shut out down the end of May. Yeah, we are on shutdown till the end of May.
0: Okay, cuz right now New York is only through uh
3: mid-May, but I fully anticipate we're going to be end of May as well, so. Yeah, they extended ours another 30 days from uh it was supposed to end April 30th and they extended another 30 days beyond that. So, um, so it's, it's, you know, like on the one hand, it's, you have that quandary as a, as a customer, you know, I'm on good terms with these guys, whatever. On the other hand, there's that part of me that really wants new comics. Um, But then there's also that part of me. That's just like, why was DC so shady about telling us who these people were? Oh, it's because it's competition. Um, These are not distributors. These are other comic shops. What's going to happen when, like, say, Batman 92 finally comes out? Hot book. uh, Massive quantities. They start opening boxes. uh, Midtown Comics and DCB service, they're probably going to have 100% of their order. Pristine. No creases. No bent corners. No damages in shipping. Other people down the line. Their books might not be 100%. They may not be the same mint quality books that... Or they you know, may not, not get, get variants. Right. They may not get right.
0: variants and stuff like that. Yeah.
3: Right. So, you know, you would, you would hope that someplace wouldn't do that, but there's really nothing to stop them from doing that. No way to prove that that's what they're doing. So it just creates a lot of problems. Now, I can understand DC had books that apparently were supposed to come out at the end of March... And things shut down because of the virus and everything that are sitting at a Diamond Warehouse that were already delivered, that Diamond did not send out, that that they're like, hey, we want to get these these books are already printed, they're already out, whatever, we want to get them distributed out. And I can you know kind of understand that. You've got these weird books in limbo. But when they're talking about, like, we're going to press forward on some new stuff, we're going to make new product, we're going to try to get new stuff out there and your stores can't sell it well too bad for them we're going to go with the people who can i mean that really kind of sucks for these other places who really are your main outlet of sales i mean you're basically going you know the direct market is the only thing that's really keeping comics alive barnes and noble isn't keeping comics alive by selling trades at, at 40% off you know um, amazon is not keeping comics alive by selling a 44.95 trade for 13.95 You know, that's not keeping comics alive. What's keeping comics alive are these stores. And for them to turn around and just be like, yeah, no, we're not really worried about you guys. How much of that is the comics market and how much of that is AT&T and Time Warner and whoever else who are now looking at DC going, look, you guys don't really make us a whole lot of money. We don't really care. Just throw this stuff out there. Figure out whatever it takes just make this stuff go. And if you can't do that, then, you know, whatever, maybe we're going to shut you down or whatever, which we've been hearing rumors about, you know, for the last year and a half that that's possible, but it's really just a bad situation altogether. And it's one of those things where you look at comics and, you know, comics, comic sales keep going down. Two years ago, they would not count Kickstarter and Indiegogo products as part of the sales. Then they started doing that. Why? Because, People are doing Kickstarter projects and they're getting half a million dollars and they're going, OK, well, now we need to start counting this in as comic sales. So now Kickstarter stuff is is figuring in on those sales and they can go, well, look, sales are up 18 percent, but they're not really up 18 percent because these are books selling at $20 a piece for what would be a $5 book because it's going through this weird crowdfunding, you know, whatever. That's not really a healthy comic market. Um, you know, that's a whole bunch of other issues going on with all of that stuff. But for the actual comic market itself, it's not really doing well. It's turning into vinyl. And there are certainly places you can go and you can find vinyl shops. You know, you can, we've got uh, two places here in town you can buy vinyl records. You know, so it's obviously not something that has gone away completely. But if you look at the vinyl sales versus the rest of music sales or versus movies or versus really anything else, they're not a huge part of the market. So I'm looking at what DC is doing and the way that they're just kind of screwing over a lot of these shops. And, you know, it's not my shop necessarily that I'm worried about. It's not my three here in town that I'm necessarily worried about, but there are a lot of shops in a lot of places that don't make a lot of money. and They're just open because they love comics. They don't, you know, turn a huge profit, they try to make just enough money to stay in business. And this whole nightmare disaster scenario of this virus has made it tough for everybody to stay in business. Great. That's fine. Now is not the time to stick a thumb in their eye and tell them, hey, um, if you want to defy the order and pay a $500 fine for being open when you're supposed to be closed, um, then, you know, here's some product. Please go sell it. You know, this is not really the time to be doing that type of stuff. But, yet, this is the time where we find ourselves. So it's really just a bad situation in every way you look at it um, from DC because it's a bad situation already. And they've just kind of piled on and made it worse instead of just taking a step back and like, hey, we're going to wait for this thing to play out like pretty much everyone else has done. So... Not
1: too happy with dc right now i'll put it that way you're on mute all right yeah i guess i'll just notice that um so yeah so here's where i have kind of have a, an issue with that and and i'm not saying i wouldn't as well versed and i don't have you know the the, the common connection to it but i have talked to a couple of people here like one even if dc hadn't done this thing and diamonds over here saying well we're about to open back up and, and places are still under ordered that's not isn't that not to say? that's basically saying that okay these places would still do that anyway defy the order because diamonds trying to open back up and send stuff to stores so they could Except the still do that
3: diamonds is still contingent on the state opening back up like they're saying well we think mid-may mm-hmm. Estim- um okay and that's yeah it's like an estimate and and it you know like agent 70 said like right now they're on lockdown till mid-may but mid-may they're supposed to you know start opening things back up so they're saying hey mid-may it looks like we might be able to open things back up it's not like they're saying hey on the may 14th sure yeah we're I got opening that the doors come hell or high water right you know so if if cuomo comes out and says hey uh we're staying on lockdown until june 1st diamond's gonna be like well hey look we're gonna have to be on lockdown until june 1st there's just
1: nothing we can do about it because we're still on lockdown sure um, and I I don't feel I feel like this is probably a question for another time in another place because you know it's starting to get late but so and and I have talked to a couple of the stores here and and I know they've had issues with diamond for one reason or another here and the fact that diamond has this whole monopoly on the industry anywhere is feels okay yeah it's good for one thing because it's all coming through one place but at the same time it's like well if they're they're holding the keys to everything then that feels like there's a problem that needs to change. Now granted, they, they they what's going on now has nothing to do with them because you know, we, we, we have a, a bigger issue going on, but it feels you know, but and, oh, and, and hold, uh, on. hold on
3: my headphone. I forgot
1: I forgot to charge them before I got Okay, this okay again? good. Oh wow, you did yeah, your your what? your audio change also. But um uh, what was I going to say? Oh, well, just to round it about sorry, the fact that the, uh, Diamond has a monopoly on things, it shouldn't, that that's, feels like that needs to change anyway due, due to what's going on. Like, the virus aside and this aside, like, it feels like especially with when what we know that they were trying to find an alternate way, previously that we talked about last week, that kind of got killed off. You know, sh- shouldn't somebody be trying to do that? Like, granted, not defying state orders or anything, but <laughs> shouldn't something have to change yeah and
3: and and, cut and again can get what they need and it's a matter of now is not really the time hmm. you know i mean with lockdown and everything like that but the problem is um diamond diamond doesn't really have a monopoly and that's that's what it comes down to because diamond doesn't own every means of the distribution and people there are other distribution like Simon and Schuster, Scholastic, um, they all have means of of uh, distribution for getting books out there. Um, Diamond signs exclusive contracts with particular publishers for direct market, but those publishers can also do direct mail to customers on their own. So, for instance, Marvel sells directly to customers through Midtown Comics.
2: Right. So if
3: you you can contact. Uh, Marvel and say, I want to buy these books, they will say, hey, we'll sell them to you, and then they hand you off to Midtown, and Midtown will ship them to you. Um, And if you want 500 copies of something, they will do that through Midtown Comics. So they don't really have a monopoly in that sense. So as far as monopolies go, it technically doesn't fall under that umbrella. I'm sure Agent 70 understands the monopoly laws a lot better than I am. Right.
0: I mean, in the... Right, exactly. Just you know, just to, uh, to hold on to that thought, I was about to say, in the strictest sense, it's it's a monopoly in the strictest in the strictest sense that your comic book store is going to have problems getting their direct comic deliveries from any source other than Diamond, you know. But you know, but but PCN underscore Dirt brings up a, a valid point in that. Right, there are other ways for individuals to get their comics without having to go through someone who's being supplied by Diamond. Right.
3: And and I think technically, a, a lot of the places, they have signed exclusive contracts with Diamond just because there's nobody else out there. So it's like, hey, sign an exclusive contract. It's like, well, okay, because it's not like they're going to Heroes World or Capital City. Like, you know, you know, the places are out of business. If another distributor for floppies were to come along and try to sell these comics... Um, then a lot of these publishers would be like, okay, we're not renewing that exclusive contract, right? So in that sense, there, there's no real monopoly there. But one of the retailers here in town, the, one of the guys who opens another shop, um, I was talking to him the other day, and he was, like, he was like, I like Diamond. He goes, I like having one catalog. Mm-hmm. He goes, I remember the days of having three different catalogs of having to go through and order books, and they're due at different times. They're due in different windows. The final order cutoffs are at different times. Your um Uh, amounts that you pay, your discounts are different, the shipping is different, some would arrive on different days. I mean, it was just, you know, kind of a a nightmare. Diamond really did a good job of streamlining everything, um, bringing it all under one roof, which, yeah, there are problems that are kind of associated with that, but then at the same time, there's a lot of great things that come with that, where you just have the one book, you pick the stuff, you send it in, you know exactly what you're getting, when you're getting it, what your discounts are, Um, everything's already, you know, compiled and, and, uh, calculated and ready to go. So he's like, he's like, there's no way I'm touching any of these other distributors. I'm ordering my stuff through Diamond because I don't want to go back to those days of messing with all these different distributors. The other guy at the other store is just like, I'm going to get comics where I can get comics, mm-hmm. and I'm going to sell them wherever I can sell them. And if they try to arrest me or fine me or whatever, then we'll just see how strong the Constitution is, and we'll you know fight some of this stuff and, and see trying- what
0: happens. I was about to say, he's trying to just stay afloat during, right. Right, during these yeah. uh, quarantine days, too. That's also something that is, you know, the economic stressors are so strong at this point. I have to tell you that I don't know if Roddy Cap put this story into the news, but I can tell you that one of the biggest comic book stores here in New York City, Forbidden Planet, it's a storied store, set up a GoFundMe to help defray the cost of being in quarantine. Hmm. You know well, they're... They're basically uh, the second biggest comic book store in Manhattan. That's what I was gonna add.
3: Yeah, well, and they used to have satellite stores, but I think a lot of those have shriveled up over the past few years.
0: No, that was but, um, that was Hanley's actually. So, oh, okay. Yeah, Jim Hanley's Universe had satellite stores, but they shriveled into just um, the main Jim Hanley's that's on Staten Island, it's a small store, and JHU, which is run, but it's like it's essentially an acronym for Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, but it's run by former Hanley's employees and they have a, a smaller store. It's still a good store, but it's a smaller store in Manhattan on the East side. So, um, but in terms of obviously Midtown's the big boy on the block and they have so much capital that they can still keep their three stores, you know, intact. But when something like Forbidden Planet, like Forbidden Planet is the comic book store that I grew up going to in high school. Like it was close to the pool hall. You know, it was. you know, I would I would hustle pool, have a few bucks from from winning a couple of games, go pick up some comics and then go back to the pool hall, obviously, when I should have been in the library studying. So but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this is one of the storied. Uh, comic book stores in Manhattan—it's you know—it's an offshoot of the one that's in London, or uh, the ones that are in England. But ultimately, if they have to put out a, um, a request for a GoFundMe out to um, the the customers and the fans to try to, uh, like I said, defray the costs of being in quarantine, it's going to be tough to get back, you know, get back to normal in a lot of different regards and you know, comic book retail. And the comic book industry is just going to be one of them that's going to be facing um, tough times. I can understand these um, retailers who are like, just send me something. You know, there's been some push to have comic book yeah. retailers, you know, try to um, entice people into buying what is always, you know, sarcastically lovingly referred to as backstock. Um, you know, stuff that's in the bins, stuff that's on the shelves, that's just the kind of sitting there. Um, and to try to get people to buy those, you know, they still have products to sell. They just don't have new product. And unfortunately, right. new product is what drives the comic book business.
3: Well, and there's a lot of things. Well, first of all, I just want to add, um, I have read several stories of stores that have closed. Since the mm-hmm. virus, they're in areas that were not in, in quarantine shutdown. They've tried to remain open. They just couldn't, uh, you know, because of the economics of everything going on. So they've shut their doors. Uh, they, I don't, I don't know what went on with you know small business loans and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, there, people floated different ideas. They said, hey, you know, we could quickly, like real quickly, get a bunch of writers and artists. Have everybody do a bunch of uh, you know black and white books, put them on newsprint, um, you know ship them out to the places that are open, mail order them out. they're They're gonna be kind of funky, funny little stuff. like you could do um, a bunch of eight page Batman black and white stories right. um, just to have some product to put stuff out there where it's it's gonna be cheap, it's gonna be temporary. and then when things get flowing again, you can reprint it like the quarantine book. You know, of this stuff, and have it reprinted on nice paper. You know, maybe some of it's colored, maybe some of it has professional lettering, whatever. But there are there are different ideas that people floated around for different things that you could do to, you know, kind of keep things going without it being like, you know, just a big middle finger to a bunch of these retailers, where it's just like, eh, well, you can't run your store. Well, too bad. You know, we're just gonna go with everybody else, and uh, you're just gonna shut down and go out of business, and too bad. You know, um, so. There's no. The problem is there's no winning formula. There's no great way to solve everything. You know, there's a lot of writers and artists that are just I want to make stuff, and it's like, well, you can make stuff. Like, open a uh, Indiegogo. You know, start a project to do something. You know, have people throw money on it. That's open a Patreon. And, and people can pay, you know, $5 a week and you give them, you know, three or four pages of an ongoing comic. Like, there's stuff that you can do to kind of keep things churning, keep things going and, and feed people out there without going to this group and just saying, we're cutting you out, screw you, you know, whatever in this, you know, tough time. So, I mean, that's – I think that's really what it comes down to. It's like how are you treating these people who are really like the front line mm-hmm. of who's – selling this stuff out there because if if all the comic shops or if if half the comic shops in the US close I mean that's that kills the industry yeah. like, th- that won't be enough to to keep things going and like i said you know Barnes and Noble selling trades and Amazon selling trades at massive discounts that's not going to keep the comic industry going right what i was going to add
0: though is i think you're fortunate that the three comic book stores in your town are at least for now knock on wood uh very hard uh that uh, you know at least for now that they're still um, planning on reopening, um, and they're still in a halfway decent state. Um, there are some smaller stores here in the five boroughs of New York City that I'm worried about. Uh, mm-hmm. And if and, and as I mentioned, if Forbidden Planet is is coming on tough times, obviously their overhead is huge. They pay right. rent for a storefront, you know, a ground floor storefront on Broadway near Union Square in 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 the heart of like tourist Manhattan and um, you know, uh, obviously they have that overhead, but if they're, you know, hurting
3: for funds, that doesn't bode well for some of the smaller stores. So right, like I was, I was talking to one of the the guys who owns a store in town, and he was like, "I have cash reserves." He was like, "You know, I I run my business to have a savings, so when stuff like this happens, like, you know, I'm not out on the street. You know, it's it, it doesn't ruin my business." He goes, "But I I hear from so many of these people that." It's like they write the check to Diamond on Wednesday, and then they get for for comics, and then they have to sell enough of those comics during the week that they can write the check to Diamond for the next week. Right? You know, they're they're running that way, and if you're running your business that way, he's like something comes up, you're out of business. You know, part of your roof collapses and ruins part of your stock. You don't have stuff to pay for it. Then, you know, you're out of business. You know, it's just. a lot of stores are run by people who are fans of the medium, but they're not necessarily good business people either. So um, they're great for funded, you know, underfunded when they started, you know, right? That, yeah, they're, they're great for evangelizing the product, uh, but they're terrible for continuing the business.
1: Right, which it sounds so, like something else on on the back end that probably needs to change. Because I mean, if it was going to happen, that kind of needs to to be a focus with the businesses more right. than you know, what's going on outside of that.
0: Right. Sustainability for for just about any business is always a difficult uh, subject. And as as Dirt said, I definitely know of comic book businesses that unfortunately operate too close to that margin Mm. where they have to sell most of the books that they order one week so that they can afford to, um, you know, to, to uh, cut a check for the following week's book. So it's a tough, it's a tough line to, uh, to, 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 uh, to tow every week. Um, Well,
3: And and here's the thing, you know, I live in a town of a hundred thousand people and then plus four suburbs. We have three comic book shops. You know, um, if I drive our North, to uh bloomington normal there's two or three comic shops if i drive to peoria there's two or three comic shops if i you know go another hour up the road to uh joliet you know there's a couple comic shops if i go to Champaign, there's some comic shops if i go to chicago you go to chicago there's suddenly 20 comic shops you, right. know? you go into wisconsin uh into madison there's like five comic shops you know like this is an area this geographic area like i don't know what it is but we love comics like, there's something about this area. Like, comics just resonate here. I don't know what it is. There's
1: nothing else. Um, you're kidding. <laughs> well, I, that and you're kind of near a major, you're also kind of <laughs> near a major, like, like you're near Chicago, and therefore, it's a lot of stuff tends to start filtering around. So there's a better than average chance that you get. Yeah, there are going to be more. Yeah, I mean,
3: well, and, and yeah, in our, our town specifically, it's like two and a half hours to Chicago, hour and a half to St. Louis, two hours to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Like, we're we're... You know, just in that crossroads area, so it works. But, you know, for having three stores, but the thing is, if I drive an hour south, straight south, no comic shops. Mm. Two hours south, no comic shops. Three hours south, I get into Kentucky. Once I get into Kentucky, then there's comic shops. Right. So it's, it's like there's this half of the state, no comic shops. The other half of the state... Packed with comic shops, right? And so that it's
2: that just really
0: goes, weird how that works. Yeah, it's exactly. It's kind what of, Roddy said though, exactly. it's like radiate away the from the suburbs of the major metropolitan center. I mean, you know, it's the same thing in, uh, here in New York. As you're moving north from you know the the, the downstate area, um, you know, obviously Manhattan. Brook, you know the five boroughs of New York City. Rent is so expensive that it's hard for these comic book stores to, um, you know, to, to maintain uh, payment of their overhead. But you know they 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 have the benefit of being in the like the, the the urban center. As you move north, there's fewer and fewer comic book stores until you get to more urban centers or smaller cities. So I definitely understand how that works because there are um, what I lovingly refer to as comic book deserts. Mm -hmm. Um, In certain parts of New York State and in New Jersey, uh, especially New Jersey, when I drive into Jersey, which I try not to do, but I have family there. So, um, you know, when I ask them, where's your local comic book store? They're not fans. So I just hit up, you know, uh, locate the LCS, the locate the local comic shop uh, service online or try Googling. And I see how far I have to drive. And, you know, it's it's, um, much further and fewer in
3: between. So. Yeah, and and also things like the comic shop locator service um, are very poorly designed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really dislike that service because one of the things that it's it's set for is put in your zip code and find your local shops. Well, when I'm traveling, you know, we drove to Florida. I'm in the middle of Alabama. I want to know, hey, are there any comic shops around here? Put in your zip code. I'm in the middle of Alabama. Well, that's what Google is for. Look for yeah. Why not? Uh, well, yeah, but, but me, to be, but fair, things, though. But to be like, fair, though, they do have able, a. I should be able to open a comic shop locator app,
2: mm-hmm.
3: like on my phone, and put GPS, you know, press a button. It knows where I am, and then it can draw a circle and say, here are stores near you. But I can't do that. And if you open Google Maps and you type in comic books, it's going to go, oh, here's a Walmart. Like, that's
1: not what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah, because you know? I mean, I, matter of fact, I just did just that. So one thing, two, two things. So, um, Comic con Locator does have a use my location function on it. I don't know how well it works, but it but there is one. It on May not
3: thing. come up on mobile.
1: Then I don't know. Yeah, right. yeah, that yeah, so, and they do have the app. So I bet, like you said, they might not come up on mobile. Who know? Who even knows? But I would imagine at this point they probably should have. But um, at at this point, so here's where I am. I'm in the. I am in. The state capital of my of the state, this is Columbia, South Carolina. There are two stores here, because one of the more one of the stores that's been around for years and years, uh, for decades, had closed down like late last year or early last year or something like that. So there's two stores. The one I usually go to, and this other store that is a, a hybrid record store and slash uh, comic book shop, and obviously you know they reverse it because they got Funko Bots and stuff like that. But nevertheless, those are the two open shops in my spot. Now I'm in the middle of the state and the state the the, the the nearest big cities here are um Charlotte, Charleston, Greensboro, Spartanburg uh Greensboro, Spartanburg, At the edges of the of the um of the state. Um someone would say Augusta, but that's whatever. That's not even us. Um in between all of that, like I just pulled up, find my location, and I used the user thing, and there's like those three just shows up. Actually, a cut says another one's on here but i don't don't that show is actually open or not and that's kind of what you were saying about the desert type situation It's like there's only two here and as you go farther out like if you go to like orangeburg or wherever else like i don't even know i don't even remember there being any combo stars there at the time but i was going there frequently and that's only like an hour away from here or even certain places so in places like this you don't have a whole lot of options and of course you have other places like second and charles But that's not ideal or, you know, for for whatever the case may be. But you have that and you have the Barnes and Nobles, and that's pretty much what you got in this town and probably surrounding areas.
3: I I think the comic shop locator having to use my location is fairly new because when we drove down to Florida, I tried using it, and it was completely worthless. It probably is. And then there's – you also don't have the ability – like if I – say I'm going to Indianapolis – I can't click on Indianapolis and say search here.
1: Right. Yeah. Like I, I,
3: I click I click and it just zooms in on the map and it shows me nothing because I don't know the zip code and it's not my location. Right. So it's not showing me anything for that stuff. So that's part of the part of the problem I have with that. It's just it's not very well thought out. Now again, maybe now that they have a mobile app, maybe that's different. Maybe it works differently in that app. Um, I don't know, but You know, like I said, when I have traveled in the past, when I went to Ohio, when I went to Florida, when I've done some of these road trips, and and I'm just like, hey, I'd love to find a comic shop. It it, it was completely useless if I didn't know the zip code of where I was at or where I was going. Uh, It didn't have a location at the time, Um, you know. And if if I'm trying to use like Google Maps or or any place like that, it wants me to go to like Family Dollar and Walmart. And it's like, those are not comic shops. Like, I don't know why you're sending me there. Mm -hmm. So. That's another problem with, but that again, that's because the comic book industry is kind of small, you know. Um, They need to think things through a little bit better. I'm, I'm, you know, trying to get it out and and open and, you know, uh, in front of more eyeballs and out to more people. And uh, there's only so much you can do, but there's, I think, a lot of things that they could do so much better if they would just put the time into it. And they just don't, I, I think a lot of times they go, well, here, we did something. And it's like, okay, well, now take it to the next step. You know, refine it. Like, here's some feedback. Fix it. You know, do take it to the next step. And they just, how long has the comic shop locator been? And now they finally have it used my location, you know? Um, it was, I can tell you it wasn't there when I went to Ohio a year and a half ago. Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, that, that tells you a lot right there. And that service has been around for a decade and a half, um, you know, so there's there's a lot of work that still needs to be done as far as the comic book industry getting. And, and part of the problem is the comic book industry has this this problem figuring out who their customers are, because sometimes their customers are the comic shops, and sometimes their customers are the comic readers, and they seem to have this problem figuring out who exactly they're selling to sometimes and who they're trying to attract, who they're trying to please, you know, because a lot of times retailers want one thing and and readers are in a different area. And I don't know, it's, it, it seems without getting into a lot of these details and a lot of these things that have come up, there's just always these ideas where the comic book companies will be like, well, we want, we want to service our customers. And they're talking about the retailers Right, you, DC Comics, it's like, oh, you know, well, what our customers want, and they're talking about the readers. You know, they need to figure out some way of communicating better and figuring out better when you're talking to a reader, when you're talking to a retailer, the business end of things, as opposed to like readers, conventions, people, you, you know, signing, want their books autographed. You know, these are two different people, and yet they tend to talk to them, talk about them both the same way, even when they're talking about different things. I don't, it's just, it's it's a PR thing, I guess. Maybe it's a marketing thing um, that needs to be dealt with. I don't know, um, but it's weird. And and a lot of times, creators, writers, and artists, their customers. Sometimes they refer to their customers. Their customers are the comic book publishers. Okay, well, what about the readers? Are they your customers? You know, because they'll buy books based on who's writing it or who's doing the artwork. But is it the comic shops? You know, so there's a lot of weird stuff about the industry like
1: that. Yeah, yeah, and we're kind of hoping that, like, we even talked about this last week. So we can go ahead and wrap this up and get to finish up. But, um, like, hopefully, some things they will start having these conversations and having these talks, you know, to kind of further the the industry going forward after this. Because, yeah, not to say that this is something like this is going to happen again, but at the same time, you don't know that, and there has to be something in place already you know, to, to uh, help with that. And right. these little side questions yeah, coming up are, or, or, you know, a thing. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, 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 I was just going to say, I do hope that, you know, this is a terrible time, terrible thing, a lot of terrible things have happened, and complaining about comics is kind of low on the list of mm-hmm. the terrible things happening in the world right now. But I do hope that this pause and this pencils down and everything gives people a chance to kind of, okay, n- now that we're not mired in it, now that we're not, you know, connected to twenty thousand different things, trying to just keep everything afloat right now, let's rethink some of this stuff. Let's maybe restructure some of this stuff. Let's reconceptualize how some of this stuff works. You know, I'm, I'm one of those who, I, I like the idea of digital in some ways, and I like the idea of print in some ways. And there are some books that, I, I really want to own and keep and collect that I know I'm going to go back and read. And there's some that I just want to read. And I'm not really that worried about ha- owning a physical copy. You right. know, um, Marvel gives you a free digital copy with every paper copy you buy. Um, DC doesn't. Why are they different? How do they balance out? Can we get the two to talk to each other and figure out why one is doing one and one is doing the other? Um, I, several years ago, there was uh, some... Marvel actually had a promotion before they had the codes in all the books, where if you bought a digital comic online, you could print out a certificate and take it to your local store and trade it in for a paper copy. So they actually tried the reverse for a while, right. um, but they just decided it was easier to just print codes in all their books and give away the digital ones that way. You know, so why didn't that work? Like, can we have that conversation? Like, can I pick somebody's brain on that? Can we, you know, figure out like why wasn't that a good practice and why is giving away the digital ones better and why is dc so afraid of that you know and why is uh you know dark horse so committed to running their own dynamite running their own stores you know like do you guys really need to have your own digital marketplace can we do you know movies anywhere came out uh last year or the year before and it's fantastic Because there are movies I bought on my Xbox 360 I completely forgot I owned, and suddenly they show up in my voodoo library, and I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot I bought that. Mm. Now I can watch that again. That's awesome. You know, can we do something with all these digital libraries and merge everything together? Like, is there really a reason why you're pulling these things apart? Because I can't imagine that there are that many people wired into the Dark Horse digital marketplace You know that you have to keep it separate because your profits are so high because you've got Mm -hmm. so many people buying your books through your own Marketplace. I'm sure there's got to be you know again. These are conversations that I'm hoping some of these people are having now that Everything is everything else is pretty much paused and at a standstill I'm hoping conversations like this are happening with a lot of these places
1: Right and then you bring up the Marvel thing with the digital codes. You remember DC did that for like two minutes well, yeah, but they sold digital copies, the uh, digital plus
3: copies. Well, yeah, so but they did a little bit of both. The combo pack.
1: Right, but they did a little bit of both because they had some, like, they were like, okay, some of these comics are going to have digital codes like, with he, them. Right. Yeah, right. and it, then some of these other ones just don't. Right, and I always bought the combo pack ones, mm-hmm. and they
3: always had variant uh, coloring on the uh, cover. So they, I figured, like, hey, that's a whole other variant, you know, to throw into your collection. Uh, with something else, but yeah, I was bought the combo packs. It was an extra dollar though, so you mm-hmm. paid an extra dollar to get that digital copy. So I right. figured it's like, well, you're paying ninety nine cents basically to get the digital, you know, thrown in there. Fine, whatever, right. you know. Whereas, uh, and at the time, DC was keeping most of their books at two ninety nine. It was three ninety nine for the combo pack, whereas Marvel is doing everything at three ninety nine and giving you the free digital copy. Mm-hmm. So, kind of technically in a way, they were doing the same thing. So it's like, okay, DC, well, why not just Push everything. To, well, now everything's three ninety nine. Well, can I get the digital copies now? You know, can you right. help a brother out? You know, Think give me back some. exactly. <laughs> So yeah. you know, I, I, but again, nothing. Nothing's perfect. Nothing that you're going to do is going to work out great. It's a global pandemic. Things are shut down. Printers are shut down. Shipping supplies are shut down. Um, if you order anything from China they'll ship it, they'll put it on a boat or a plane, they'll send it over, and then it's going to sit for at least two weeks in a quarantine before they will unpack it and move it on, hopefully to kill whatever, you know, might be on it. Um, That's just the world that we live in, you know, so it's like, and that's how it's going to be for a couple years, probably, um, you know, until there's a vaccine, and vaccines don't come overnight, you know. Uh, Polio took four years, and that was the fastest they ever... You know, had for a major vaccine. So, you know, who knows how long this this whole thing's going to take? But um, I, I do hope that in the midst of all of this, the comic book industry can kind of figure some of this stuff out, fix it, and then it can come back and be like, "Hey, we're a real thing again. Come back, everybody." You know, and and I would love to see the comic book industry strong again. And I would love to see comic book like I, I, one of the things that they they, they canceled San Diego Comic Con, and I was like. Good. Now they can just bring it back next year and rebrand it as the San Diego TV and Movie Expo. <laughs> because that's what they really want it to be, you know. Hmm. Uh, can we get a real comic book convention anywhere in the United States? The closest thing you're going to find is the guys, you know, with a bunch of tables set up down at the Motel 6 Conference Center.
1: Heroes con.
3: uh, Selling out of the long boxes. That's the closest I, you get to a I, real I, comic book convention. That I
0: mean, I love, I love New York because it does kind of, re- you know, it, it, it really has so much under its roof um it definitely does have uh, a big entertainment component to it uh they still uh, you know with with new york comic-con being scheduled for the fall we're still you know like i have a lot of it's too bad that matt wang's not here you know we could have his uh his input on this conversation because uh, we generally hang out uh every new york comic-con like it's the only time he can get away from his family so but um uh, <laughs> but um it's it's one of those things where you know we we had a conversation you know with some other friends, and they're like, you know don't even think about trying to go to New York unless there there's something developed where you know either either mass testing or or a vaccine or something because it's going to be uh it's a, it's just going to be a nightmare in terms of the crowding and in terms of you know just everyone being under one roof and I don't know if you know I have the same complaints about San Diego." I, I mean listen, I've never been to San Diego, so I can't really say again, it'd be nice to get
3: uh Matt Wang. It's it's wall to wall people, shoulder to shoulder the entire time. Right, but in terms of the comic book in terms of the comic book show part. Oh yes, it is. It is. It's exactly. it's video game publishers and uh T V studios and movie premiere people and yeah. It's I mean, the same way. Right. I mean that's a big
0: part of New York, but I think that New York definitely has from uh, from anecdotal evidence obviously that's all that I have from people that I have met that have uh, been to both shows over the years both New- both San Diego and New York saying that the retail uh, aspects of New York far surpass what's available in San Diego so maybe that's why I, I, I have a, um, a tough time describing New York as being just the entertainment thing I remember when entertainment seemed to overwhelm the comedy mm-hmm. aspect. I do remember that but I think there is a much better balance Of it nowadays but just all that Aside um you know just going back to What I was uh talking about earlier which Is that you know thinking about How jammed You are on the floor of the Javits Center in the midst of Um uh, uh New York Comic Con and then thinking about What you know about how That just can't be given right. the, In the in the age of of uh, COVID-19 um uh, you know i i don't anticipate new york coming back but new york comic con coming back this year that's just my uh, my conservative guess um not even i'm not even going to be too optimistic about it you know i'm just sort of waiting for that other shoe to drop
3: yeah um, yeah whatever. it's that's just the world we live in yeah, yeah, I'm just going to say it. that
1: we need to get you guys and Tim to come down here to, to Heroes Con. So if you want the slice of a real comic <laughs> convention that you're seeking, I know, Dirt, you are travel-averse. But still, <laughs> if we could we'll, work we'll, that we'll out in some money, kind of way. The, t- the money I would have used for my new
0: MacBook Pro, I'm going to throw, throw at you for a plane ticket, you know? Actually, how far are you from uh,
3: Washington, D.C.?
1: Me? I'm like seven, about seven hours. So d- day's drive? Yeah. Because we were just talking about when all this gets lifted,
3: we'd like to take the kids to Washington D.C. because that's a place that they've never been. So, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe we can finagle, you know, some sort of couple days off to the side during the trip to Washington D.C.
0: You know what I was going to say? Uh, what you know what show I've heard very good things about is Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore Comic Con. I've heard very very good things about it. That it's not entertainment industry oriented. And that's only like forty minutes away from D.C. Mm-hmm. So, but I think I think the timing of it though is that it's in October, so I think that 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 conflicts with um, school and all that other stuff. So, um, it, it's a little tougher for uh, family trips. But Baltimore is the uh, the show that uh, I would like to hit up. That's not that far a drive for me. It's only a, like a four hour drive. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, we'll all work right. all that out. Cool. And we come back with go to the rest of the news. I think I don't know if uh, Dirt you want to stick around for this or you want to.
3: Uh, um, my my earpiece is about to die here. It keeps
1: telling me, "Please charge, please charge."
3: So, <laughs> so I'm going to drop out. But yeah. uh, Thanks yeah,
2: for it was, coming it was on for
0: part two of Crisis Man.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice to be on. Thanks for letting me rant about the comic book industry for
1: 45 minutes. How What time is
3: it? That's all good. An hour and a hey, half. What you know, we book? were going to
1: get to it at some point. So, whether now than later. Right, all it's right. All good. It's all good. And uh,
0: whatchamacallit If you have any suggestions about uh, you know content for upcoming shows, because it doesn't look like we're getting new comics anytime soon, ch- chime in. If there's something that you want to talk about, obviously we're going to keep it in our um, behind the scenes chat. You know, uh, throwing out the uh, the ideas. So if you got something, let us know.
3: Okay, I'll I'll look to see what I can find. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, take take the- See ya. All
1: right. All right. And with that, oh geez, what happened to this shot?
0: <laughs> all right, so where are we on the news? We are on. Let's finish with comic book news. Let's do. Yeah, that's what we are going to do. I just need to get my.
1: Actually, you know what? I don't need my shot for this. This is for some strange reason the shots just went all kind of wonky. But but yeah, we will finish up with the that DC news about the Batman ninety two. Or keep going with the Batman ninety two yeah, news. I'll do that. One. All right, so DC plans June release for Batman number ninety two.
0: Batman writer James Tinian IV has offered up new details about when the DC flagship title will return, saying DC is planning a June release, which seems practical, for Batman number 92 to maximize the number of stores able to sell physical copies. That makes a little bit of sense. Yes.
1: And uh, going forward, speaking with DC, DC rushes new Giants stories to digital release. So DC's efforts to address the effects of coronavirus uh, um, crisis, a.k.a. COVID-19, on the comic book Direct Market continues. Uh, the publisher announced uh, recently that the immediate expansion of their DC Digital First publishing program, uh, which we kind of sort of touched on earlier in the midst of all of that, but nevertheless, that this is what they're doing, the um, program announced that under the daily robust new program, comic book readers will have more variety in content uh, immediately. To And immediate access to stories that have never been available on digital platforms. So, yeah, and some stuff coming up, with, uh, including Swamp Thing, Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, etc. Yeah.
0: All right. Next up, Tom King has announced that he's nearly finished a new limited series, which, according to him, is one of the most ambitious projects he's ever worked on. So he uh, posted this on Twitter. And uh, you know he's just—it's a tease—and asking people to come back, uh, asking people to be on the lookout for when we come back from
1: uh, uh, quarantine. There'll be something awesome waiting for everyone. So yeah, he's basically one of those ones. that's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working on some stuff while we're while we're doing all of this. So or we're going through all of this, so we'll see what happens when that comes out. Uh, free digital well why i thought i'd already do this uh free digit free dc digital releases includes one uh, issue one of mr miracle batman hush sandman metal and more so again the whole that old digital thing that was uh that we just talked about they're giving away some free promotional stuff dc is um available now through june 8th on DC's digital platform of readdc.com, comicsology, Amazon Kindle, Apple Books, and more. And you can get such books as Crisis on Infinite Earths number one, that we talked about last week, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Doomsday Clock number one, Watchmen number one, Sandman number one, Dark Knights Metal number one, Batman 608, which mm-hmm. is the start of Hush's uh, arc, and Mr. Miracle, the mentioning Mr. Miracle number one. So I love it. They're still releasing Hush, which is like how many years old? God. I know, right? Which we, we mentioned it last week. We might have to possibly consider doing that one for some other reason.
0: But we'll It'll get take on that. While to that. I'll to repeat that. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Next up. All right. So, uh, Aquaman writer Kelly Sue DeConnick revealed to Sci-Fi Wire in an interview the one character she would never kill off. Um, ever since she took over writing duties on Aquaman, uh, the character has had to face numerous challenges. His latest trial. His newborn daughter, Princess Andy, has been kidnapped by an unknown party. Speaking, to the, speaking in that interview, DeConnick prom- promised that no harm would befall the newborn
1: princess. Good to know. Um, Kelly Sue DeConic also is auctioning off Captain Marvel's uh, flight jacket to benefit comic book stores. So uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, who was famously uh, reimagined, well, that's not, not necessarily reimagined, but you might as well say that uh, who brought Karen Devers to promise as Captain Marvel uh, is actually an office signed commemorative flight jacket from the filming of uh, Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel film because um, she is the one who pretty much brought Carol in- into uh, her Captain Marvel st- status, so she is the one that uh, made uh, the version possible But yeah, she's uh, giving it to Comics for Creators um, and under the hashtag Comics for Creators. uh, Excuse me, Creators for Comics. I screwed that up. My apologies. And uh, that is going on. And I think, let's see, the auction is actually over uh, as of the time of this recording. So some lucky person ended up getting that. And that's for the Pink Foundation. Nice. That's actually a
0: really cool uh, bit of memorabilia. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of an online auction uh, to benefit comic shops, writer Scott Snyder is au- auctioning four spots in an online version of his comic book writing course, Writing First Issues. Um, uh, I have to open up
1: the link to see where that auction is available, if it is still available. Let's see. It's pretty much the same same way. The, um through a bank i think yeah so it's the same cre- uh, creators for comics and that auction is also done
0: oh it just ended i see on 420 twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: 420
0: <laughs> yeah. things ended on 420 uh <laughs> i thought it was kind of you know, funny
1: giving giving different meaning to the date i know right uh looking up folks jim lee sums up wildcats and sandman for latest comic shop auction art uh DC's uh, Chief Creative Officer Publisher Jim Lee has created two more sketches for the ongoing 60-day 60, 60 sketches draw a thought auction to benefit comic shops. Uh the two the latest two editions are group shots: Zealot and Grifter from Wildcats and Dream and some of the Endless from The Sandman. Grifter was chosen by High Bidder on the Wonder Girl auction, and Lee took it upon himself to add Zealot. Um so there you go. And you can see the shots off of his Instagram. And this is, again, the, the comic forward creator, uh, the creator for comics. I don't know why I keep mixing that up. Uh, auction that is going that has gone on next.
0: All right. So speaking of the Huntress um, and those thigh high boots, but there's a different, you know, obviously there's a new take. She's got a lot more pouches and uh, weapon straps a la Jim Lee's uh, revamped design. Apparently, the first auction winner missed their chance to purchase Jim Lee's exclusive drawing of the Huntress that uh, he had placed up uh, for auction. Uh, The buyer flaked. So you have a chance at redemption if you regret not being the high bidder on this Huntress piece of art. It's a right half of a diptych, the two-piece art piece uh, featuring Deathstroke. Um, The auction is only for the Huntress side. So this is on Twitter. Oh, or instagram actually yeah and um uh, i think it leads to ebay
1: yeah more than likely um yeah, and that diptych kind of reminds me of a joke from an old movie that i won't i won't repeat so um uh-oh. hellboys mike McNola is auctioning off or probably had auctioned off serial mascot artwork Um, Mike Mignola offered a throwback to Saturday mornings with his latest charity auction. The Hellboy creator is auctioning off or was auctioning off a series of four sketches uh, featuring famous cereal mascots on eBay. The sketches feature the following characters, Snap, Crackle, Pop from Rice Krispies and Tony the Tiger because they're great. Uh, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops and the respective mascots from Crisp and Quake Cereals. Wait, did Quake even I don't know Chris, but did Quake even have a mascot? I don't remember. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Either way, um it's out there. You can see the sketches uh that he did uh out there. I'm assuming on his Instagram. Next.
0: Uh next up, uh DC has partnered with ONI, Lion Forge, and Bink to create a united fund to benefit U.S. comic shops. So, this is in conjunction with Bink, the book industry charitable foundation. Uh, you know, those funds are now being organized into a distinct relief effort called the Comic Book United Fund with DC and ONI Press Lion Forge in on the ground floor. Good for them.
1: Yeah, indeed. And the news that I feel like was prescient by us a couple of weeks ago, comic creators and more played uh, TSR's uh, Marvel superheroes live online to raise funds for comic book retailers. So, folks, remember back to the Halcyon days of like, oh, probably about two or three weeks ago when we spoke of the death of uh, the co-founder of TSR, who made... Who made the um, Marvel superheroes and other other? I was like they they're basically D and D and other um, and other offshoots that they made. Um, so a group of comic creators. Uh, Animation actors and RPG creators are ba- banded together to raise funds for carbon creators. Who played the cult favorite TSR game Marvel Super Heroes. The reason why I bring up the first thing is because we said at the end of when we were talking about the co-creator, the co-creator dying, we said somebody was going to end up playing Marvel Superheroes at some date soon. And sure enough, now this has nothing. This probably has well, nothing to do with this. It's probably they already had this out of the way, but it's kind of funny, right? I mean, especially
0: during quarantine. Exactly. You know, Going to be something that would pop up. And uh, for fans of the show, we discussed this particular um, role playing game within the last year or two, and we mutually discovered um, (laughs) online resources that would help us rediscover this
1: particular. Role-playing game, as well as many other role-playing games, and have very much taken advantage of that resources since since then. (laughs) Now, granted, we haven't you know we haven't said we were going to do this or that and other. We thought about it, Uh, right? But things,
0: yeah, it's definitely something that's on the table to to uh, to consider. It does take a little bit of legwork on everyone's part, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, you know. But but like you know, like we said earlier, it's nice that we have the resource. We just have to kind of organize it,
1: and if we could get like a um, uh, a playing group, oh, that would be something. That'd be dope. Yes, but yeah, beginning April sixteenth is when this started. So I think I don't think it was a one off uh, one off campaign. The it's called. Uh, and there came a day unlike any others. If you're a fan of the Avengers, you know where that comes from. Um right. On let's see. Twitch.tv Tales from the Grim is where they're doing the, where they have been doing it. And it is Cat Cahill, uh, Jamal Nicholas, Jonathan Callan. Uh, uh, basically, the, the name that some of you may know from Comic Book Chronicles history is Jackson Lanning, who I believe we have had on this show. Yes. Um, and I know for a fact that he has been, this is not his first foray into this because he, I uh, mean, some other folks, actually had a was doing a campaign on twitch from something else actually i think they were doing like a sci-fi focused one a while back and i don't know if that one's still going or not but nevertheless um this is another campaign that they started running and uh, it's a cool thing i, I meant to because i think the, the bots are still out there so you can still check this out now because i know they keep bots for a couple of weeks now and it's probably out there on YouTube if, if, if they did that much. And if the campaign is still going, then you can go to that Twitch link that, it, uh, that I just discussed and check it out. So it's some good. good stuff. And I would really like to see their sheets and, and stuff from the Marvel superheroes thing. So. Exactly, exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, next up, um, an emergency
0: relief initiative has been launched for Canadian comic book shops. So as we mentioned earlier, there's lots of efforts, fundraising efforts online for uh, U.S. comic book shops. This new initiative is launched specifically for Canadian comic book stores, the Canadian not-for-profit, the Comic Legends Legal Defense Fund, it's subtly different from the, US, the U.S.-based uh, CBLDF decided to expand their mandate beyond censorship battles to launch a rental relief program to assist Canadian comic book stores and have contributed $10,000 Canadian themselves to start the program. So, yeah, this is a, a, a welcome effort. It's launched under a hashtag Canucks for comics intending to have auctions similar to create to hashtag creators for comics with 100% of all proceeds aimed at going directly to brick and mortar comic shops located in O oh, Canada
1: <laughs> indeed so it, it's great to see efforts like this that are going on with with everything else that is that is happening um and we kind of teased this earlier but it's official uh San Diego Comic-Con and WonderCon 2020 are canceled and will not be rescheduled. So there is that folks. Yep. Uh it says here that additionally WonderCon uh looks like has been scheduled to oh it's been WonderCon at least has been scheduled to take place March 26th through 28th next year 2021. There you go. Right, and it looks like here actually it says San Diego might be rescheduled to twenty the uh, July twenty second to twenty fifth next year if that goes on. So right,
0: next up, um, one of the things that comes out during uh, San Diego Comic Con are the. Uh, Will Eisner Industry Awards so uh, despite the cancellation of San Diego Comic Con the 2020 Will Eisner Industry Awards are going ahead Um, you know things are in flux but they hope to have a list of Eisner Award winners for 2020 judging has been handled uh, mostly online uh, virtually to date so um, they're just you know they just need a, a proper
1: time to announce them so that's pretty cool and a lot of times they usually put the nominees and the um, well, and I know news sites will basically say you know who won because they're they're at the thing, you know. Right. Um, so usually the nominations come out online anyway, and and so they're kind of halfway there with a lot of that stuff. Um, COVID nineteen survivor Joseph Ilyage, uh reveals what it's like. So this is an, an intervening which I did not know this uh, he had uh, had uh, COVID nineteen, but. Um, not- Because he is a Brooklynite and my understanding is that he lives in
0: one of the more hard hit areas of Brooklyn. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, I've met him several times in shops. You know, he actually his pull he pulls at two comic book stores in Brooklyn that I visit on an infrequent basis. And I've met him a couple times at one of them that's closest to my house. So Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that he would maybe come down with it because he's
1: probably in some very heavy traffic areas. Right you know so the, you we have talked about this thing, he's a pretty well regarded editor uh at, at large for many different places across the comic uh, in, industry even had a comic uh, comic a column at a, a news site and stuff but he's done a lot of stuff to do and i think i well i had a chance to meet him at uh Heroes Con like the last time i went and i saw him signing at the table but i was like well he's busy i'm not going to mess with him so but uh yeah so, yeah, so yes but you, if you're interested in um and um and, um, you know, what he's gone through with uh, COVID-19, you can read this article from News of Newsarama um, uh, to, to find that out. Next up. Uh,
0: Kane Marco versus himself. Check out this juggernaut number one first look. So this is uh, by Fabian, Nitsieza and Ron Garney, who are teaming up for a new and extra-violent juggernaut series this was originally solicited to debut may 6th the release date is now to be determined but there is a first look of at some of ron garney's interior art at newsarama follow the link on our show notes
1: Hmm. Hmm. and i'll just flip through a couple of those real quick uh marvel day Okay, I want to make sure I didn't skip one. Marvel debuts New mutants who may be as powerful as Scarlet Witch. Um, I'm trying to remember if this issue actually came out or not. This was from uh, New Mutants number nine, which I can't remember if if it actually came out or not. So we won't really go into too far on that without knowing that was the case. I want to say that might have been one of the last ones that came out. But I don't remember. So we'll just leave it at that. Next up. All right. And some sad news.
0: Although it could be a lot worse. You know, it, it really could. Let's let's be honest, right? Mm. Several employees of Marvel Entertainment have been told that they will be furloughed as part of Walt Disney Company's wider measures to stem the financial effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Newsarama has confirmed that the affected Marvel employees are being notified. Um... And that furloughs will be taking effect uh, Sunday, April 26th. So uh, this is their last full week on the payroll. Furloughing, uh, I'm sure people are familiar, but just as a note, furloughing an employee is where a company puts them on a temporary leave of absence that may or may not be paid in the time off uh, in some countries government funding is available to partially replace the employee's lost income so they may not uh, lose their job but they may be losing their their uh, their pay for this particular time that they are on furlough hmm.
1: and going back a uh, uh, news item I just checked yeah new meetings number nine was the last was the last one to come to officially come out so there was basically there was a little Russian girl uh, that may be powerful as powerful as um as a Scarlet Watch, so, which, so there you go. Um, Cable and the X-Force are coming to Fortnite. So yeah, uh, Deadpool's already had his turn at, uh, uh, at Fortnite and for some sort of event, but uh, now Fortnite is getting a new batch of skins, and this time X-Force is joining the party party. It is Cable, Domino, and um, Psylocke. So, those new skins will arrive just a couple of weeks after Deadpool himself dropped into the game. Uh, and yeah, you can purchase those at Fortnite's in game store, I guess, if you are so inclined. Next. All right. Uh, creator Jim Starlin returns
0: to his seminal creator owned hero, Dreadstar, for the first time in 30 years. And not only is he writing it, He is drawing it after once thinking he would never be able to draw again. This book is scheduled to arrive in October from Ominous Press in a 100-page graphic novel by Starlin that he's now raising funds for on Kickstarter. Uh, In the new story, Vanth, Dreadstar will reunite with his former... Crewmates to confront a new universe-threatening menace.
1: Interesting. Mm, yeah, Starlin, no, um, no strangers to the OGN for sure. This original <laughs> graphic novel. Um, exactly. Speaking of graphic novels, a new Firefly, Firefly graphic novel will explore the life, death, and afterlife of Wash. Spo- spoiler alert, folks! Uh, Wash died in, in the movie Serenity. Sorry, it's a, it's a, I haven't seen it yet, but even I knew that. But nevertheless, um, the pilot of the good ship, Serenity, will soar like a leaf on the wind once more. Boom Studios' collection of Firefly comics and graphic novels have revitalized the verse in the best possible way. Um, but IO9 can now exclusively reveal that its latest entry into the comics will delve into the life and times of one Hoban Washburn, played by Alan Tudyk in the series and film. Um, penned by Ethan Young and with art by George Corona a Firefly. Watch How I Soar will see Wash speared by a reaver harpoon and bleeding out. Flashback to key moments of his life and ultimately lead him to meeting Zoe, joining the Serenity and Captain mole's crew and living the high life of a hotshot pilot in stories previously unknown to Firefly fans. So if you were a fan of Wash and hated that he died like I was when you found out. Uh, not seeing the movie, there you go. You can relive that misery once more, or go back and watch F- *Firefly* again and just still and continue to do the same thing. And *Serenity*. I have still yet to watch *Serenity*, even knowing that, because I didn't want it to be over. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> say. Next up,
0: next up, Elizabeth Sladen's daughter will play Sarah Jane Smith in *Doctor Who*'s. Latest audio adventure.
2: <laughs>
1: Who? So yes, Sarah Jane Sarah Jane Smith is probably one of Doctor Who's most uh probably most popular, most known and beloved um uh companions. Uh and uh you know, Elizabeth Sladen, uh, rest in peace. Um actually I would say but it's been a couple of years now. But um uh but yeah, so now she's got a new audio audio book story, and um, you know her daughter's going to be the one who's bringing Sarah Jane uh, to life. So to speak. That was not meant as a joke or anything. It just happened to come out that way. Um, so yeah, but you can, let's see, what is it called? Uh, return of the Cybermen. Uh, so which means that it's going to be the tales of the Fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane. Um... If you are, con- I mean, if you didn't already know where that was going to lie, there you go. Next up. All right. So apparently,
0: there is a pre-order retailer tool that uh, Bad Idea publisher has uh, provided. Uh, don't want to miss out on ENIAC from uh, Bad Idea. They are here to help as part of their ongoing support for comic shops. To make sure they can hit the ground running once the COVID 19 pandemic has passed. Bad idea has developed an exclusive pre-order portal for the release of ENIAC number one by Matt Kint and Doug Braithwaite. You can reserve your copy directly from a Bad Idea destination store and um, by visit by first going to where is badidea.com or click the pre-order tab at badideacorp.com to locate your nearest Bad Idea destination store. Interesting. Don't mind me. I am playing with my new uh, Marvel Legends. Um, this is just uh, two figures of very, very many that I have already opened and put into, uh, you know, my own private, you know, my own personal storage so that I can curate my shelves when, um, when I'm up for it. I'm, I've already started. You know, I've already got this... Um, Two pack of Wolverine first appearance and the Incredible Hulk.
1: So just don't mind me. I'm playing in the background. Yeah, which no one could be, would have seen or knew about because yeah, it didn't have the, the focus on you anyway. Until just Nan, but that's, you know.
2: <laughs>
1: just checking. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I got because, it on the news now, but I did we're put it on your first so many, when we're you for a
0: second. What I was going to say is that we've had to change our, um, whatchamacallit, our. Uh, our uh, our means of communication for the show a couple of times, so it's always hard to remember what what the uh, the standards are nowadays. You know what sure, sure. Uh, what actually is happening when we're doing the news.
1: It's all good. It's all good. Uh, Twitter's hashtag comics that made me cry will bring a tear to your eye. So yeah, I saw this um, this hashtag trending, and apparently um, earlier this week the the hashtag uh, comic this comic it says comic that made me cry it was a trending topic on Twitter as the hashtag was filled with fun and touching examples of comics that made people cry. Um, as you scroll through the hashtag, it's not hard to notice examples from every corner of the comics universe, from the big two of, uh, Marvel and DC to the creator owned and smaller publishers like image. Um, so I guess some examples here are when Peter Parker from the ultimate universe lost his life, uh, and paved the way, paved his way for miles. That's one uh Peter's funeral from that same universe uh C C. oh the uh, Bruce Wayne had a son that being Damien, you know et cetera et cetera et cetera uh, Say,
0: what was the last one you mentioned
1: uh uh Bruce Wayne finding out Damien about Damien okay. that he had a son okay. yeah, so yeah, but there are many examples of that uh in, so what What would yours be off the top? I was going to ask you that same question and I'm not sure actually. Um, I can think of a couple. Okay. Go for
0: it. I can think of a couple. One of them is there is an issue. There is an issue of uncanny X-Men. I don't know if it's, um, I'm going to look it up while I'm describing it. Hmm. I don't know if it's a Claremont issue. I don't believe so. I I think it's post-Claremont, or at least his his first uh, main uncanny run. Let me see if I can find an issue number, because I know the cover. Mm -hmm. But what happens in the book is it's uh, in the midst of the legacy virus. And um, Ileana Rasputin had been, this is a time when she had been reduced to being a little kid. And she ends up dying from the legacy virus, and uh, the story revolves around Jubilee dealing with her passing. And it's really, really well done. It's really impactful. You know, I get choked up just thinking about it because I'm I, I remember what it was like to read that um, when it first came out. So let me see if I can get the um, the. The issue up, the issue number up, without having to Google it, because um, I can definitely go through this and uh, you know, like literally, just like scrolling through um, the covers and just see what number we are referring to. Just bear with me, folks. It's um, you know, but you probably remember it now. Now that I describe. Um, what happened in the uh, the issue itself? The cover is white, and it has. I'm trying to see if I could find this without having to Google it.
1: You okay. Oh yeah, that's burped. Yeah. All right.
0: Let's see. Now I'm gonna have to Google it because I don't see it off the top of the dome. Mm. Uh, I. Don't it's scrolling through my CBZ too, so I'm just going to just do a quick search.
1: Why are you doing it? I I think I've I I remember a couple now. Mm-hmm. In fact, we kind of sort of talked about one. Uh, these necessarily didn't make me cry, but they definitely were was had me kind of had a feeling something run away. One, follow the mutants when Cipher died. Now, yeah, Cipher is kind of a you know, Doug Ramsey is not necessarily the the most you know he's not a great character i mean he was all right he's like okay he could talk to every, anything and everything but you know but one of the new mutants died that was that was pretty damn sad and matter of <laughs> fact he died trying to save um uh wolfsbane if i remember correctly um and in the midst of the battle it was like yeah they didn't know he got shot until like after the battle was over with and then and she started crying and then you know when they fi- finally found them and It was real sad. The other one was uh, Avengers Disassembled. Actually, when Hawkeye, um, Hawkeye uh, gave his life. Well, actually, the whole thing because they started off with a because like what um, Jack Spades died. I think Ant Man died on that one. Scott Lang had died if I'm not mistaken, like right off the bat. And then Hawkeye died. Ended up dying like uh, not too long after that when everything started popping off uh at the mansion and it was like a bad 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 time. Also when they beat the heck out of Jarvis actually during siege. Mm that one kind of that would kind of mess me up for us for a second because I was like oh damn they they are screwing they are messing him up. Like guess Jarvis he ain't got no powers. Mm-hmm. And they just messed him up. Right. Um
0: I'm referring to Uncanny X-Men issue number three oh three. So if you Google that real quick, you'll you'll see the cover has Jubilee and Gene Gray on the cover. Um it's actually written by Scott lubdell and penciled by Richard Bennett. So it's kind of one of those off, you know, um art wise. You know, it's not exactly one of the mainstream artists that you associate with Uncanny X-Men. So that's um you know, that's an issue that uh that I think of when, uh, uh, you know, like evoking like a lot of the sad feelings because, you know, you don't expect to see that when you're, uh, you know, when you're reading uh, comics. I also think of when uh, Marco Yoshida passes away in the pages of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has to, she basically is, um, she, she has to cut off you know, as part of a, a, a way to make peace be, between the, the yakuza family, she's um, asked to cut off a finger, and the blade that she is used, she's given to to do it, is coated with uh, blowfish toxin, and oh. it basically the, it's the toxin that kills her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, but uh, she asked Wolverine to uh, end it quickly. Hmm. So. You know it was a pretty it was a pretty rough ending to uh to that one so yeah i mean just off the dome i can think of those two
1: specifically and they come from a specific era of uh x-men too right so weird and we both had um x-men <laughs> x-men yeah. related ones yeah i mean listen there's lots of there's there's plenty of them there's plenty of them but those
0: seems to be the one those two particular in particular seem to be the ones that i think of when um when that comes up, I mean, I'm sure if I looked for Spidey stuff, like the original time that they killed off Aunt May, mm. that, bad,
1: you yeah. know, so yeah, indeed. So yeah, there are there are many out there. I'm hashtag it a lot there if anybody's interested and check that out. And if you have any um, of yourself, you know, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, yep. oh, we will get them if you haven't already uh next up and i believe that is the last one well the next uh let me see yes one more for for um oh no it's not oh wait it's my turn right yeah yeah it is last one yeah 10
0: manga series to start reading on the shonen jump app one of the best deals in digital comics all right fine you're trying to sell me on this (laughs) um you know that was unintentional but hey On DC side, you know, you can get a uh, uh, DC Universe app to get comics. On the Marvel side, of course, I'm one of those people that also has joined in on Marvel Unlimited. It's skewed towards their back issue catalog rather than instead of current issues. So enter the weekly Shonen Jump app, currently available in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Ireland, and New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. The, oh, Jesus. Which frankly knocks the vast majority of current digital subscription services on their collective butts.
1: All right. Um, No Brazil, sadly. Because I think anime is a big market there, too. But, anyway. Oh, I got to look at uh, this best
0: deals in digital comics. Interesting.
1: Yeah, so this is also saying that, yes, uh, Shonen Jump has a new uh, app that you can download and check out a bunch of books. Um, uh, That is the side note to this article right so the
0: real deal is paying for the two dollars a month subscription which gets you access to shonen jumps huge humongous vault of prior chapters on top of the newer ones that come out on a weekly basis there's thousands of chapters available across an equally ridiculous amount of series it's almost too much so whether you're an anime fan who wants to see the source material for some of your favorite shows, a comics curious newbie looking to add some variety to your digital pull list, the diehard diehard reader who wants to try something outside the realm of Western comics, or just someone who would like something really, really, really long to read right now. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of chapters. Right, here are just a few of the series you should try dabbling in. All You Need to Kill... My Hero Academia and My Hero Academia Vigilantes. Uh, Food Wars, Shoku Kegi no Soma. <laughs> Literally all the Dragon
1: Ball. Arcatrio simplifies protection.
0: Oh, and that's an ad on the on the page. Oh. Oh. Demon Slayer, Carp-
1: Kametsu, no Yaiba. Worm disease. Yes. You know, uh, ones that the ones that if you ones that you it's definitely it's know it's that's it's been it's talked it's about, it's you know, out right. there in the Twitterverse.
0: Listen, two bucks a month, you know, if your, if your income can support that, and, you know, we, we would joke about that under normal circumstances, but in this day and age, we cannot. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, if you can, then uh, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and it's worth noting, because I took a look at that app um, probably a day or two ago. They do have some stuff on there for free. Uh, right. But it's like chapters of, you know, like relatively current chapters of stuff. So, but it's still out there for, for to for free to read. If you just want to check out the app and see, see what's what, you know.
0: I go to the Apple App Store.
1: Yeah, or it's out there on uh, I believe it's out there on um, uh, Android also, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it's out there. I definitely know that for sure because, seen it. But yeah, so uh, that folks is that for. The comic book news. We're going to circle back around to the cinematic news. We have an, uh, 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 an astounding amount of news out this week for uh, week, what, six in
0: quarantine now? Mm-hmm. Hey, the news don't week- sleep. Yeah. Week five, at least.
1: Yeah. So you got uh, you got the stinger ready? Uh, yeah, we're going to transition. Mm-hmm. Cinematic News. First off, uh, it's official. J.J. Abrams is developing a Justice League Dark TV series for HBO Max. Okay. Uh, J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions will develop a TV series set in the Justice League Dark universe, quote-unquote, for HBO Max as announced by v- in variety the project was previously reported to have moved under bad robots creative banner banner for hbo max and it was also i think it's a rumor that we had talked about previously on this show the official title of the justice league dark show was not announced uh bad robot was also will also produce an original drama titled duster and a spinoff of the, the shining title we don't you know what we don't care about that that has nothing to do with Uh, anything, but yeah, there you go. Um, And I think um, HBO Max is starting next month on the 24th or something like that, if anybody's interested in that. So, next up. All right,
0: Uh, The May episodes of DC Universe's Harley Quinn have been reshuffled. This was to correct an internal error with distribution co-showrunner Patrick Schmacker
1: tweeted to Newsarama. The episodes will now air in their intended order. Okay. I still never understand why they even do the stuff to get quits put out of order when it gets on these digital sites in the first place. And this one was already on there, so why would you even do that? I'm looking at you, Clone Wars and X Men. Well, the original Clone Wars, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the, well, the, not the Gen 2 Tartarasca, because before that. And yeah. Any Zeus, speaking of Harley Quinn, DC Universe's Harley Quinn is coming to DVD. Um so there's a press release out there about it. It they will be available on DVD on June 2nd, 2020 for 24.98 and the set features all 13 half-hour episodes. If you're interested in a physical copy and or digital obviously. Right. Yeah.
0: Next. All right. So spoiler alert. Um Legends of Tomorrow just killed off a team member thanks to Charlie's sister Atropo. Bayrod Tarazi's return was short-lived. Okay, so uh, there's a bunch of names here I don't recognize. Um, so yeah, just watch that. Have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not behind. trying to spoil it. No, 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 out. no, no, no. Because I haven't watched this either, and I'm I'm like a couple of episodes behind. But I knew. I mean, episode, a couple of seasons behind. I knew a little bit what what what's going on though. But, yeah, we don't have to go into that. Speaking of Legends of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow's wild new trailer promises a Star Trek parody for the ages. And if you're watching the video, you can kind of see some, um... a a gif of, um... one sub shot. So, yeah, um... These are the voyages of the Starship Wave Rider. DC's Legends of Tomorrow has released a new trailer for the remainder of the season 5, which has our legends hopping through space, time, space, and genres in search of the loom of fate that holds the key to changing everything. The series, um, like many, has been on a short break. Uh, when we last left Wave Rider, we saw the heartbreaking departure of Ray Palmer and Nora Dark. Uh, but now we're back and things look to be more chaotic as ever. So I'm just going to sit here and say that uh, Legends of Tomorrow has been a fun show and sounds like it continues to be such. So I'm with it. Um, you should try check it out if you if you're, if you're so inclined. Next up.
0: All right. Uh, spoiler alert: The Flash reveals another longtime character is a mirror doppelganger. Oh, for goodness' sake!
1: Yeah, so apparently on The Flash, yeah, there's there's that thing going on, uh, and uh, the chief, uh, David Singh, is apparently a doppelganger, and there's some Mirror Universe things going on here that I don't know what's going on on that show right now. Okay. So, next up, um, Arrow's David Ramsey finally reveals Diggle's Green an- Lantern ring, so apparently um the last show of uh the last show in the series of arrow had uh john diggle opening up a box and in that box was purported um i guess supposed to be his um his, uh, the last shot was basically him opening up a box and you see the green glow coming out of it that suggests that it is his long-awaited long sought long wondered about green lantern ring but on Instagram, David Ramsey um, shows that it's just a box with a green light in it. Ah! So, and it, with the caption, My Power. So, here you go. There's that. Because, and the, people have been wanting Diggle, including myself, wanting Diggle to be Green Lantern since season one of uh, Arrow. And that never happened until, sounds like, I uh, the think they did something on the, the last crossover. Well, crossover to uh, Crisis of Enchantment Earth. <laughs> that um, that played around with that a little bit. So there you go. Next up.
0: All right. So Warner Brothers has reportedly reached a stalemate with Lucifer star Tom Ellis over his contract for a potential 6th season. So according to TV Line, Ellis has rejected the studio's latest offer. Notably, he finalized his contract extension for season 6 last month, which means, depending on those terms, he could be found in breach of contract should he not hold up his end of the
1: bargain. Ooh. Right. Um, I was about to say. basically gal gadot wanted to make wonder woman 1984 like james bond and indiana jones uh patty jenkins and gal gadot pushed for diana prince to be an international hero in wonder woman 1984 similar to indiana jones or james bond you know what i wouldn't be opposed to that um per film industry analyst louise fernando jenkins and well jenkins and gadot uh pushed to make wonder woman a worldwide heroine, not only American, quote-unquote, by making a film a global experience, quote-unquote again, utilizing international locations, do I have to say it again, as in, um, in Indiana Jones and James Bond's films did in the 80s. So, and then it just goes on from there, but I don't know, that would have been interesting. It, I, I don't know. We'll see, well, we don't, obviously we still don't know what all that movie's going to be right now, but, you know, Usually uh, an uh, uh, an article like this would come out after the fact. So the fact that it's like, well, before is kind of interesting. Anyway, moving right along.
0: All right. So uh, this is news that has recently been updated. Universal Pictures has gone into business with Amasia Entertainment for the planned Green Hornet film reboot, according to Deadline. All right. Uh, Universal has a long history with Green Hornet, with the studio producing two film series for the star in the early 1940s. Um, in the 1990s, Universal was in active development on a Green Hornet film, but the studio lost the rights to the possible film franchise in 2001, but it has now reacquired
1: them. Hmm. Cool. Yes. And who could forget or actually remember that Seth Rogen Green Hornet movie from a few years ago? Who? Exactly. Um Dr. Strange 2 Boss Logic uh, poster features huge Avengers foe and Deadpool. Um, with Sam Raimi officially signed on to take over from Scott Derrickson to direct uh, Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, fan artist Boss Logic has put their own spin on the spooky sequel with a fan poster, including a major Avengers uh, villain and the surprise appearance of Deadpool for some reason. Um, although the plot of the upcoming movie is shrouded in mystery, the Doctor Strange sequel is confirmed to bring Elizabeth Olsen's uh, Scarlet Witch into the fold, is rumored to include Brother Voodoo as another sorcerer Supreme, and hopefully explore the potential of the Marvel U- multiverse thanks to its cryptic title. Now Boss Logic uh, adds a few more familiar faces to the potential mis- mix. And you can see the, um, the poster he did right there on the Twitter's. um which is weird cuz it says I don't like I see an Iron Man-looking character and I see a couple of other folks but I'm not sure entirely sure who the villain is and I don't know if it's if this article says let's see here or not you know what hey guess what doesn't matter you can walk for it yourself moving right along <laughs>
0: all right while it hasn't been confirmed whether the overweight version of Thor from Avengers Endgame will appear in Thor Love and Thunder, people for the ethical treatment for of animals have suggested a way to have uh, Thor shed those pounds in a recent letter sent to director Taika Waititi which is, the suggestion is to make him vegan, okay
1: that is, that is, that is my hot take on that um it is also worth noting because we talked i think that we did talk about this last week or whenever that i think it's been all but confirmed that fat Thor is not going to be in the i think this article came out before that actually happened but yeah i don't you know what the less i say about that the better shang chi uh ed prubecker reacts to rumors of spoiler is hero's father so it says every comic book adaptation takes creative liberties with its original source material, and the upcoming Shang Chi and Legends of the Ten Rings appears to be no different. Uh, while the comic book Shang Chi is the son of pulp literary villain Fu Manchu, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe inc- inc- incarnation is rumored to be the son of the Mandarin, portrayed ooh portrayed in the film by Tony Long. Long. Um, yeah, it's the, not.
0: What's his name? It's not.
1: The- say so, what uh, it's not gandhi no it's not trevor it wasn't it's not trevor yeah as the <laughs> film's central antagonist uh Eisner award-winning comic book writer ed brubaker who pit shang chi against his father during the acclaimed secret avengers run commented on rumors that marvel studios had potentially changed the modern marvel martial artist superheroes to the mandarin um well, it says, okay, well, that's, obvious. that's obviously a rights issue. Fu Manchu was a license that Marvel lost a long time ago, so they can't use them in the movies or the comics, and, you know, not to mention potentially problematic. Um, observed Baker in an exclusive interview with CBR. But the struggle against an evil father is a primary thing Shang-Chi is about, so you need a replacement father one way or another to tell a story. So, yeah, there you go next up alrighty
0: uh, next up Sony Pictures officially announced that the release of Venom 2 has been pushed to next year the sequel now entitled Venom Let There Be Carnage will now hit theaters June 25th 2021 it was originally slated to open October 2nd 2020
1: who asked for any of these movies moving right along Uh, Cassian Andor's Disney Plus Star Wars series just got even more interesting. Um, Cassian Andor and K2SO are getting some new friends or foes, as the case may be. A variety of reports that Disney Plus upcoming Rogue One spinoff has added both Stellan Skarsgård from Thor and Dune and Kyle Soller to its cast as characters whose identities have yet to be revealed given how many uh, Disney productions are currently on hold as a consequence of the ongoing COVID-19 outbreak there's no telling just when we might be able to get uh, to to learn about more about what they'll be bringing to the show so yeah we got some folks but we don't know who they'll be and it's probably gonna be a minute before that happens next alright spoiler alert Uh, as
0: I work Echo, Star Wars: The Clone War revealed origin of Fulcrum.
1: I'm not spoiling this. This happened in last week's episode. Right, and since I haven't seen that episode, I'm not going to go any further into this <laughs> article. <laughs> hey, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Oh, hurry up! I'm getting there. do gun it. We're in quarantine. What else you got to do? Well, you'd be surprised.
0: I was about to say. By the way, I just finished my original watch of The Office. I, I always shock people who are like, "This, you never watched The Office before?" I literally just finished
1: it today. I don't forget. I haven't, I, I haven't done it either, but that's on purpose. I've seen a right. couple episodes, but
0: I'd say yeah, i had never watched any episodes, and um, I had initially started this watch before quarantine. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, um, it just yeah, I just had more time to get through it. So. Uh, we know, but they go quickly. They're only like 20, 20 minutes a, a shot. Right. So, Wait, is this, somewhat... uh, I'm sorry. Is this US or. US.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: US. So, I haven't uh, opted for the British.
1: Gotcha. Um, in, other, uh, excuse me, in other Star Wars news, Kylo Ren battles the Resistance in Galaxy of Adventures short, and apparently he kills a bunch of folk. Um, the second season of Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures has re-released, excuse me, has released a new episode featuring Kylo Ren and the forces of the First Order carving a path of destruction throughout the galaxy. The Supreme Leader is shown wielding his fiery red sword lightsaber as he cuts down a group of resistance fighters. Uh, With his Knights of Ren joining the hunt, excuse me. Based on the fact that Kylo is wearing his piece together helmet, it can be inferred that the sequence takes place around the same time as the events of star wars rise of skywalker and you can go check that out on our youtube channel so bye yeah next
0: all right next up uh marvel's moon night show has a start date and a working title so this is a marvel tv series set to be released on disney plus um filming is scheduled to start on november 16th of this year according to production weekly production will continue over 26 weeks under the working title good faith so in the event that i am able to hit the streets of new york again in that time let's see if i spot any parking no parking signs that say good faith <laughs> you know that remember when i used to do that for um, mm-hmm. the netflix uh, marvel shows i'd be like oh they're shooting daredevil and i spotted their uh, or i think it was luke cage i think it was something about a tiara yeah uh, yeah, I spotted the Luke Cage signs in lower Manhattan near the courthouses. So,
1: <laughs> Well, stay tuned to see how that um, that pans out, folks. Maybe maybe Agent Seven will be uh, in, on a future episode of Moon Knight. We'll see. Yeah, LeVar Burton confirms that he's had talks about appearing on Star Trek Picard. Um, LeVar Burton has revealed that there's been talks about his character, George LaForge, appearing on Star Trek Picard. Uh, season one of the not quite sequel to Star Trek: The Next Generation is available. Oh, we know this; we don't need to go there. The show sees Patrick Stewart return as Jean Come on, yeah, tune into our
0: uh, our, our uh, episode of uh, Comic Book Chronicles where we discuss the first ep- a season of Picard.
1: Yeah, and yeah, in fact, yeah, I need to to retweet that one also since I've been doing that lately with with the, with the, the last couple of shows. But yeah, that was like three weeks ago, so you should definitely check that out. Um, in an interview with entertainment tonight Burton was asked about the possibility of returning in a future season of uh, Star Trek Picard the TNG actor was Corey in his response but he did say his return as to Geordi LaForge has been quote unquote talked about so i would be like so I didn't mention that when we talked about it but that would be one of the ones I would love to see come back because it, it would make sense like especially given you know some parts of what the season was talking about, like it would have made sense for Jordy to, to Jordy to come into play, and I was kind of surprised that they didn't do it. So, anyway, next
0: up, next up, uh, in news that uh, I find enjoyable because I have been reading this <laughs> uh, image series. Uh Rodney Barnes's and Jason Sean Alexander's creator-owned image comic series, Killadelphia, Sins of the Father, is in development for television through Blinded by the Light Producers Levantine Films, as announced in Deadline. Killadelphia tells the story of a cop who returns home to Philadelphia after his father's death, only to uncover a supernatural mystery in his hometown. Spoilers. There's lots of blood. Uh, Barnes, whose previous TV credits as screenwriter and producer include *The Boondocks*, uh, *Everybody Hates Chris*, *Marvel's Runaways*, *Wu Tang*, and *American Saga* and *American Gods*, will produce the adaptation alongside Levantine Films. Like I said, I've been reading this, so uh, that's a uh, pleasant news for me.
1: Yeah, I figured you'd get a kick out of this if you hadn't seen it already. So, um. Next up, Demolition Man's writer wasn't trying to be prescient, he just wanted to make a funny movie. So, um... So, yeah, you know, if you've been on Twitter, you've probably seen, seen the um, the gif of a particular scene in the Demolition Man's uh, movie where two characters are going for a high-five but then stop and just, you know, do a mid-air wave. Basically, you know, social distancing well before there was uh, social distancing. Um and yeah so the writers basically just came out and said that um, he said, well he talked about the, the latest global phenomenon, phenomenon to get the demolition uh, man predicted it round of applause social distancing uh, in the movie physical contact has been largely banned text is now done virtually meetings can be, done, uh, can be called into remotely stop me if you've heard that before and characters yeah. give each other air high fives instead of handshakes uh, what makes it feel even more eerie is the reason behind it. Um, as explained by Lenina uh, Sandra Bullock, it was because people kept spreading diseases to one another. Uh, at the time, it was a commentary on the age crisis, but now it takes on a different tone because of COVID-19 coronavirus. So, yeah, there you go, folks. There is that. You can read the rest of that article, but basically the dude was like, yeah, we're just trying to trying to be funny. We didn't, we weren't trying to be present. I'm like, look, dude, ride it one way or the other. <laughs> next up. All righty. Uh, next up. Uh, Matthew
0: Vaughn has confirmed that he originally wanted Brad Pitt as Big Daddy in 2010's Kick-Ass before the role went to
1: Nicolas Cage. It's interesting. Hmm. I think we're better for it, though. <laughs> Nick Cage Nick Cage was pretty much Nick Cage in that in in, in his in his um portrayal. So Right he put a special Nick Cage crazy to it, so Yeah, you know, he just, just he just channeled it. He didn't go full cage, but he, he he channeled it just enough. So um Tessa Thompson is helping to turn a Reddit sci fi horror story into a Amazon TV show. Um it's time to get preview pasta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon Studios has announced plans to adapt Q-Code's Q, uh, Q, Q The Left Right Game podcast, based on the Reddit uh, R. No Sleep story by Jack Anderson. Uh, the podcast star, Tess Thompson, is on board for, as an executive producer. Uh, according to Deadline, Amazon beat out 10 film and television offers to adapt The Left Right Game, a podcast currently in the middle of its 10-episode season. Uh, the story comes from a multi-part tale first published on the R No Sleep subreddit uh, two years ago. In addition to Thompson, the podcast star uh, Amil Amin, W. Early Brown, Deyo, Akinye, uh, Iyana, In- Inanna, Sarkis, and others. So it's about a journalist named Alice Sharman. Uh, who start shadowing a group of paranormal explorers diving into something called the Left-Right Game, taking place over a series of previously taped recordings uncovered by a friend, the show's narrator. Uh, The podcast reveals Alice's journey into the supernatural and her own disappearance. So there you go, in case you were wondering about that. Next. all
0: right. so uh, as we wait for the first season of Ghost in the Shell, SAC underscore 2045 to drop on Netflix soon, we have new clips Uh, online that um, uh, from that first season plus news that season 2 has been confirmed. The first season of the anime series is set to drop on April 23rd and season 2 is expected to premiere later in 2020 or early 2021 again this is on netflix yes and as a matter of
1: fact as the time of this uh writing that uh the first season of that is out which i when i saw this article i was like the first season is not even out yet what are y'all doing but there you go um so i'm slightly gonna check this out if you're a fan of ghost of the shell or stand and or the tv version standalone complex you maybe maybe possibly check this out i don't know i read the or, comics Oh, right. The manga. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the day. Yeah. I still have yet to do that, but I kind of want to. And I haven't finished a uh, standalone Con- complex either, but, you know, I got through like a good bit of first season.
0: Yeah. Like published on, uh, what's one? Published in Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Published by Dark Horse manga.
1: Oh, right. 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 Uh, last but not least, folks. Yip. Yip. All three seasons of Avatar, The Last Bender will hit, uh, Airbender will hit Netflix in May. May. May, to where some people was asking, uh, I thought it was four seasons, it is not because Aang already knew it, airbending and therefore the, reason, the, the rest of the, all the seasons were him trying to learn the other three elements um, to airbend to, to bend to become to complete the complete avatar so there you go, so now you can catch up with, the, the, with Ang and the gang uh, on Netflix starring May 15th and All right. Hopefully, they have everything in order.
0: Which All right, we're going to bring because... this sh- home.
1: It is late, and yes. you know what ad read I'm going to default to. Which I was about to say, which is kind of sad because I just bought the DVDs one, and, and I think I know where he's going with this ad. So,
0: <laughs> keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, <laughs> then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. Um, for every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN uh, payment. That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN. U.S. Do it today.
1: I suppose today you go. put yourself in front of a uh, behind the shot. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So if hey. you're watching the video, you're missing. Your, uh, if you're not watching the video, you're missing. Uh, Agent Seventy hold up his uh, Marvel Legends Hulk and Wolverine figures in a pose similar to one that they might have taken when they're first met. Um. Back in what? Wait. What was that? Was that one eighty one? Yes, Incredible yeah. Hulk 181. The, the cameo appearance is yeah. Cameo appearances in 180. The full appearance is 181. Yeah. So Incredible Hulk 181 from back in the day. Yeah. Um, and that, folks, ends this here comic book chronicles show. Thank you for um, sitting with us. If you lasted this long, There's this extra length uh, version. Not that we don't go this long anyway. Sometimes, but um, we will be back next week. We're not sure we haven't really pinned down what we're going to do next week, but we will let you know. Yes. We'll put
0: it out there. We'll try to get guests. We'll try to have lots of stuff to talk about, and we will stay on top of comic book uh, movie and comic book news. Yes. We will be doing
1: another event next week. We're not sure what we might go back to Marvel. We might do some X-Men stuff. We don't know. We'll figure that out in the course of the week and let y'all know. Until then. I. Have been Ryder cat and you can find me at Roddy Cats on the Twitters. You can also find me at uh, News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore seventy and his wonderful collection of Marvel Legends will be on Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and also Instagram. And he's also in the Matrix just in case. So if you find him there, you know, he's becoming the one slowly and surely. He just does not want to right. tell us that. Um well, PCN underscore Dirt. You can find him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He's stuck that whoa in there. I see, I see what you did there. Uh, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Uh, PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all those umbrella sites therein. Also, the uh, Vine Replacement Bites, B-Y-T-E, under the name Comic Reviews No Vowels. Also, the Osiris Hedis ish one, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, TB Cron on Twitter, that is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account, uh, the click nation on Twitter, that's D K L I Q T A, almost had it, the all one word, and also uh, comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. You can find this here program at the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find this podcast at your podcast, perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, um, and the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page we'll be back next week we missed we sadly missed uh, the anniversary of Prince's death on the 21st but you know what play some Prince when you get a chance you know, not just that day but any days because yeah. you know what Prince is forever yep. Yep. yep and with that we will be back next week like I said we'll let you know on our thing uh, we'll be back next week uh, next Thursday 9 30 ish <laughs> Between nine and nine thirty SPM, we really should be on at
0: nine since it's not—it's not like uh, any of us have to commute home from work. We, we really, really should be able to
1: start earlier. Yeah, you would think after all this time we'd gotten that together, even in this time. But yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But nevertheless, this was why I say nine ish um, right. when we record on uh, the Click Nation's YouTube channel, where you can catch our smiling faces and whatnot. Uh, there, And with that. Uh, this has been the Cumber Chronicles. Peace, peace. One and uh... I love
4: it when a plan comes together.
1: Would you believe?